show where you decide the topic from love chat for matt to the hate in your heart i can't believe it there are no limits you can be nice i love legends you can be mean i don't give a fuck or you can blow it all up every wednesday at nine it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe and now here they are matt christensen and blonde Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hello. First, it was me who was diseased. Now, you are diseased. I don't think I gave you the sickness through the wires of the internet, at least. Who knows? You haven't been wearing your mask, so <laughs> who knows? Yeah. anything's possible. It, anything is possible these days, but uh, it's. I guess we're going to have another show of potential throat clearing or uh, coughs here and there. Do bear with us. I don't know what it is. Having a kid, I've never been sick more in my life. Like two years ago, I'm like, my immune system is amazing. I never get sick. I've been sick like five times since the baby was born. She just gathers up all the uh, germs in your household and brings them straight to your face. And licks them and then sneezes in my mouth. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. But speaking of, we had uh, an appointment today and um, everything's looking good. We're right on the cusp of the third trimester already. So, man, it <gasps> just it hurries by. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, everything's looking great. So, um, so we're not too far behind. I can't wait to have all of my house's germs scooped up and shoved in my <laughs> face in short order. Don't eat that shoe. Speaking of which, I don't know if we gave uh, your daughter a proper happy first birthday on the stream. I don't recall if we did or not, but uh, happy first birthday to her. Oh, thank you. I think it was Saturday or mm. something. Well, God. Time she doesn't flies, know what's man. going on. So yeah. That's yeah. fine. All right. Well, you guys know the drill on the call-in show. Uh, if you would like to participate, there are instructions for how to do so in the description of the YouTube stream. Uh, we will take calls for half hour segments. We'll stop every half hour to check in on Super Chat on YouTube, Tippy Stream, Trovo, D Live. And at the end of the show, we will uh, catch up with our email questions. So if you'd like to participate in the show, but you can't do it live or you're having trouble getting in live, uh, send us an email question. The place to do that is on the contact page of my website. It's mattchristiansonmedia.com slash contact. Fill out the form. We will respond to your questions at the end of the show as we do each and every week. Anything else before we hop into the calls? Let's do it. Let's see how long Blonde lasts. All right. <laughs> that dirty cheater Red Falcor cheated his way in first once again. You're a real <laughs> bastard, Red Falcor. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening, y'all. What's going on, man? It actually has been a little bit. It's been a little bit since we've heard from you. Maybe a month yeah, or, it or has. so. Yeah. Yeah. A few weeks. A few weeks. My uh, cheating machine's not working like it usually <laughs> does. So, yeah. Can't tell you what's what's happening there, um, but uh, actually, I was uh, wondering if um, y'all had any questions for me this week. I was going to ask you about the mm. the Bill Murray movie that you reviewed, Groundhog's Day, but uh, hmm. but I don't have anything off the top of my head. So it I is will... Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Sorry, jeez. <laughs> no, you're right. I should have got it right. Um, <laughs> So I'm wondering if uh, y'all have any questions for me this week. Turn about around on anything you. or about like anything uh, at all. Anything. anything okay. Well, like. I mean, obviously, I know you mostly through the development <laughs> of um, of the stutter thing. Mm -hmm. So, what sort of question could I ask about that? Um, Nothing's off the table. 
Well, uh, and you, how about this? You're, you're a married man, right? Yes, I am. How was that for the development of your relationship? That how did you meet question. your wife? How did your marriage come to be? Yeah. Um, to be honest, um, I met her uh, at a family function. So hmm. not like at a bar or something where I think my stutter so, like, would have been. She's your cousin. And so she's okay with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I was actually, uh, uh, I'm divorced, actually. And I met her in a context having to do with her sister who passed away oh, a few years ago. Wow. My current wife, her sister passed away a few years ago. Yikes, and how terrible. She, her sister was the best friend of my ex-wife. And um, I was I met her first, my current wife, at a function where her her mother uh, was giving away her sister's uh, belongings because she didn't want to Ooh. them to be around reminding her of of her little sister. Sure. And, oh gosh. Um, <clears throat> weirdly, uh, I actually saw a tattoo on my current wife's leg that I assumed was the visible spectrum of light because I'm that kind of nerd. It was like several blocks of color in a row and uh, turned out it was a stretched out gay pride flag, which at the huh. time uh, what? had no effect on me in, in terms of politics because I was pretty firmly on the political left at that time. What was the, the, the purpose of her tattoo? Was it for ally purposes or did she consider herself Partially. a member? Or it was what? a joke. No, it right? was, well, <laughs> actually uh, the person that she dated before me was a woman. Oh, um, wow. But uh, they never got very far. Um, she started off uh, her dating life, dating men exclusively and just happened to be sort of interested in this one woman just kind of admired her rather than like was all too physically attracted to her. You know, huh. I think that's something, but, but was into it enough to get the tattoo? No, that was actually due to her uncle being gay. Oh, okay. So it was like a supporter thing. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So well, what sh is she like now? She's uh, very firmly on the left, very progressive, but uh, not but as still political works. as she used to be. Okay. Say again? It still works for you guys. It's not an obstacle in your relationship? Oh, it's it's something that we're working on, for hmm. sure. <laughs> it's something where it was originally hard to have conversations because I didn't really know anything about politics. And then the more I started to learn about politics, I kind of made the shift from left to right the same mm. year we got married. Mm. And uh, that was, that was a bit of a struggle as you might imagine. Interesting. Um, wow. Yeah. This, this took all kinds of twists and turns. I was thinking like, <laughs> I was thinking how did the stutter issue play into the relationship? And all of a sudden <laughs> no. I'm talking about rainbow flag tattoos and dabbling in lesbianism. Well, you know, okay. Women really can turn it on and turn it off. That's what I, I hear is there's just, just more there. evidence that lesbians aren't real. <laughs> there, have you ever heard um, like Brett Weinstein and others talk about the evolutionary reasons for lesbianism? It's kind of interesting stuff. 
they had to have no. female camaraderie when all the men in their tribe were yeah. murdered. Yeah. 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 Oh. Stuff like that's pretty into, like bi- biological explanations for how and why that sort of thing developed. Right. Well, yeah. does the same explanation kind of apply when they're talking about like Navy vessels, like men being at sea for <laughs> months at a time? That's a stereotype too. I don't know yeah, how maybe. true it is. Well, this, uh, this was uh, very interesting. Thanks for opening up a little bit. Uh, I do have to keep it moving, but, um, but thank you, man. That was cool. Thank you. you Sounds like your, your penis really turned a bad situation around. So you should be proud. <laughs> yeah. Thank him. Best compliment I've had all service. day. Thanks yeah. <laughs> all right. Have a good night. See ya. Um, hold on. There we go. All right. Uh, Lol is up next. Lol, you there? Why was the tattoo stretched out though? We'll have to ask him next time. I don't know. Lol, you there? Hello. How's everything going? I can hardly hear you. Yeah. Can you speak up a little bit? You're a little muffled. How's everything going tonight? Oh, there we go. Uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess Um, Blonde's feeling a little rough, but, you know, we're making it through. I am. So so I mentioned my calls a few last times again. I've been the big advocate against spanking and a big advocate against the death penalty. But, um, is, you're is a big way African to, against the death penalty? <laughs> is there any way to, I don't know if your mic is far away from you or if there's any way to clear up your, your Lord. Sorry. communication a little bit. I, I, you're a big ad- advocate against the death penalty, you said? <laughs> no, he's a robot. Okay. <laughs> he's a robot who opposes the death penalty. Don't we all? Yeah. Oh, can you hear me now? Uh, way better. Oh, that's yeah. so Thank much you. better. Yeah. Okay. I just had to discount. That's a very bad transition to what I was going to do. Um, I'm going to rehab in two weeks. What are you addicted mm. to? Um, presumably what you were as well. Um, Alcohol? And, um, I, I may have a BAC of 0.3 right now. Oh, really? You sound right pretty good. now? Yeah, that's very coherent for... Uh, I have cons- consumed two bottles of wine and a 12-pack of Trulies right now. So. Okay. Yeah. And well, you no want to talk death penalty? Um, sorry? <laughs> then you want to talk death penalty, apparently? Or, or do you want to talk... Uh, no, I was just running... Uh, if I may point three at this coherency, let me frame this right. Sure. Do I want to die at this rate? Ooh. I don't know. I mean, uh, was that a rhetorical question or do you want me to actually answer that? No, no, that's not a rhetorical question. I don't know. I didn't want to die, but... I was also killing myself. So I think that the thing is that you just can't stop. It's just so hard to stop. Um, So it's good that you're getting help. The worst part about it is just like, is just quitting. And then subsequently I found that it wasn't too bad. Yeah, that's all I can do. Have you, um, have you been to rehab before or sought help before? Or is this the first time? Um, N- nothing in patience, if okay. you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, outpatient has made things worse, which is... Yeah, outpatient hmm. is worthless because they can't do anything to see if you're drinking. 
the the good thing about inpatient is that they just there's no way you can drink. You just can't you just can't do it. So you kind but, of get out of this. Yeah. How long are you going for? Um, presumably, um, a month. Uh, that, that's my yeah. expectation. I have the resources to do so. So you have checked yeah. yourself in. Is that what you're saying? Um, I have I have not, but I have a. I have everything looks like that's going to the way. Uh, I've but, told my parents. I've told my psychiatrist. I've told my school. I've told everyone. But this is a decision that you made for yourself, as opposed to something that someone else. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Put upon you. That's okay. good. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's good to take the right steps. Uh, last thing. Where. Where do I want to be in three to two months or two to three months in reference to blonde mostly? Um, I mean, just don't drink. Don't think about like the next, the next week, the next few months, the next year. Just don't drink today. Don't drink tomorrow. Just, and then you just rack up a bunch of days and then you've been sober for years and years and years. Um, last point, where do I do when I, I can buy um, any alcohol in five. To have it easier because you because you Hold can buy on. alcohol anywhere. Oh, I got some I got some nasty connection dips going on right now. Just oh no! I don't know if it's back or what, but let's just. It looks like Hello? it's coming back. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Just I got no you. matter oh. what, just don't do oh, it. Uh, blonde heroin buying right now. <laughs> yeah, I think that, it, that, you know, in that way, you have to jump through so many more hoops to do something like buy heroin, whereas you can get alcohol at, at any any venue. So it's a it's a hard thing to kick. But just think about not drinking today and then rack up those days. You'll be fine. I, I, I can imagine. I, hope. Thank you. All right. Well, good luck, man. And thanks for thanks for sharing the story. Have a good night. You as well. Wow, we have all sorts of turns coming up tonight that I yeah. didn't see coming at all. Um, Point three, that's pretty drunk. Although for an alcoholic, that's like pretty normal, I guess. Wow. Okay, Golden Leaf is up next. Golden Leaf, you there? Testing, testing. There you go. And, and yeah, I've I've been having, um just to the audience too, I've had a couple nasty connection <laughs> drops here, so we should be good, but Bond, um, you know, let server. me know if they're... Discord's fucky. Well, it's when, not just uh, Discord, it's my stream too. So um so we got some internet shenanigans going on. But uh anyway, uh, what's on your mind, man? Uh not much. Just enjoying another day at work. Unfortunately, the place I work at there's only three people. So I'm working every day, four to twelves. Oh. Oh. But ten dollars an hour plus overtime, time and a half. I'm gonna get a fat paycheck in like twelve hours. Well, that's that's good. Are, that's is your, look are they understaffed like every other place is? Because they just can't get people in. They can't hire people, or what's the reason? Uh, unexpected medical issues with a uh, employee. Oh, oh. I can't okay. really get too much. Let's just say the pills that he's been getting from the VA has been fucking him up to where if he takes the pills, he's like so tired and hmm. he doesn't know where he is half the time. Oh. Must yeah, be serious. Really... That's what I was told from my boss. I don't 
pro- I don't poke and prod deeper in another coworker's personal life. Yeah. But there was a, but I was talking with a good buddy of mine, and he told me he just got in contact with one of his brothers who he hasn't talked to for a while. He's basically a couch surfer professional. Mm. He basically gets someone who's nice to him, and then he, you know, couch surfs with the dude for maybe a year or two before they have to kick him out. A year, man. I, These people are, you I, know, spine. Probably more. I mean, the dude lives in Florida, but he said he was talking to his brother day and said just us like being just like normal conversations like wow you know this political system you know is kind of divisive and all this and you know being a a normie basically until his brother basically said like how yeah and those fucking proud boys are like fucking dicks and he he was like "Uh uh-oh he's like what do you mean by that who are these proud boys and basically his brother calls the Rose City Antifa his comrades. <laughs> Wait, so how long has it been since he's talked to his brother before this? Uh, it's been long. It's so long to the point of where he doesn't have a cell phone. He uses other people's phones just to talk to his brother or his brother, you know, uses other people's But it's been some time. So his brother him. has disappeared yes. from his life for a little while. And all of a sudden he's either in Antifa only- or Antifa adjacent. He's in Florida, as I was told. Oh. But well, then why? What's his connection he, to Portland Antifa? He calls them his comrades. So he's just he aligned agreed. with them. Yes, okay. and he told me he like stopped that topic instantly and just talked, you know, something normal because he knows if Antifa's tactics, they will sell him out. His brother will sell him out if he does not fully support him or support Antifa. <laughs> he knows what hmm. games they play. But it was just an interesting little thing. And, of course, jokes were thrown on what type of helicopter he liked to get a ride for. <laughs> well, is he able to still get along with his brother? Is that uh, is that a point of contention now? Yeah. 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 It, no, he's he's trying not to bring political talks into family matter. It just was a slip of a tongue. It was more of like, oh, you know, this political issue is so divisive. Oh, no. Until his brother slipped that out. He just slipped so that out that why... Rose City Antifa is my com- uh, are my comrades. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> yep. And then we went to a conversation of first I thought his brother needed a just regular Huey. Then I realized he's with a group of people, so I'm like, fuck, I need to bring the Chinook out. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's this, uh, but it doesn't it doesn't bother him. He's ride, Susan. For a free ride, you know, just to show him around the country. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You just got to make right. sure to fasten their seatbelts, and that's it. All right. Well, um, good luck at uh, at the job, man, and uh, rack up those paychecks. Oh, oh, yeah. I get paid every week. It just kind of sucks that for all my hard work, I'm getting money taken out. I hate taxes before, but now I hate it even more. Yeah. Yeah, Keep it, everyone should keep an eye, especially when they automatically deduct out of your wages. Keep an eye on that little column. See oh, how much yeah, they're my, taking from my you. My work... The good thing is my workplace keeps like records of like, oh, here's the hours you worked and here is the, you know, how much you're getting paid. And it shows yeah. you how much you actually earn in taxes. Yeah. And oh yes. boy, I think I'm going to get more in taxes because I'm working more. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. That is how it goes. So, uh, all right. So well, I was told there's a new battery plant that has opened up that is paying like 15, 16, 17 an hour. Dude, every place is. It's crazy. 
Um, yeah, you might keep your yeah. eyes peeled. I, I I had to run a bunch of errands today. I'm I'm walking into the bank. I'm walking into Home Depot. I'm walking into this store, that store. You got fifteen hundred dollars signing bo- bonuses for, you know, just uh, normal retail job even, type stuff. Even the it's McDonald's insane. I sometimes drive by just to get like a ten piece nugget. They had a sign that says, "We are going to have to stop our midnights due to lack of personnel." Yeah. You'll see a lot of odd hours like that because they just don't have the staff. But yeah, so it's because people are scared of Rona. It's not because of uh, expanded unemployment no. benefits. That has nothing to do with it. There's no evidence for that. You're, people okay. are getting paid more just for sitting on their ass yeah. than actually going out Incentives. and paid. Incentives. <sighs> All right. Well, thank you, I mean, man. We got to let you go. But that? um, yes. All right. <laughs> well, you thank guys- you for working and uh, and and stick with it. Uh, Appreciate it. Have a good night. You too. Man, it's just, it's just insane. (laughs) The sign at Home Depot was like, work here now, you piece of shit. Yeah. Might as well have said that on the door. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Um, Okay. Emperor Care Bear up next. Mr. Care Bear. Or miss. I can't remember. You there? Hello? Uh, I I am a female. Ah, identify as. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, so, first off, I just want to say, well, actually, before I, I, I want to be—I don't want to be rude. So, hi, how are you guys? Hi, good. How are you? <laughs> thank you for not being rude. Um, <laughs> we are well, thank you. How are you? That's, that's good. Um, I also want to say that I—I I sent an email, so just—I just wanted to tell you guys to watch out for that. Oh, you're double wanna... dipping, are you? Yeah, I always All do right. that to go on the safe side. All right, but um, my question is about a possible uh, middle ground between. I think uh, for student loan, but hmm. uh, student debt forgiveness, like mm-hmm. usually like the two sides are forgive it all or don't forgive it all. And so I just wanted to hear what you guys thought about it. Um, so my thing is uh, forgive up to $10,000 as that would help the uh, hardest hit. And uh, those who made good investments and get, and get good uh, and get good incomes, they don't have to, uh, they still have to pay majority of their, of their debt. Uh, and then we also pass a law guaranteeing uh, that one can file for bankruptcy for student loan debt and allow all people to uh, to declare bank, uh, bankruptcy. Uh, and lastly, uh, you get the federal government out of the education business altogether. What do you, uh, what do you the last say? part. <laughs> the last part is uh, a great compromise. Uh, I have to push back on the premise a little bit. Uh, hardest hit to me is not... Um, Hardest hit by whom or by what? These are voluntary agreements that people took on. And and I I also don't like the idea of those who have earned enough money to pay back their debt uh, being on the hook for the debt, but those who haven't being excused of it because they haven't earned enough to do so. That seems like a reverse incentive to me. Um, so I, I, I just... I, I have to reject the premises. I wouldn't be able to, to to compromise on any of that because I don't accept the premises that are presented. <clears throat> yeah, I'm with you. I uh, I don't think we should be doing any debt forgiveness. Although, although um, it is true that you guys aren't getting what you signed up for. So I understand why people are so furious. I mean, it, it used to mean that when you went to college that you were guaranteed to some degree, a job, a high paying job commensurate with your level of experience. And that's just not the case anymore, but it is buyers beware because people should have been able to see that this was Mm. going to happen. Although um, 
to to <clears throat> give as much to get as much on your team, Kibera, as I could. If this came as a package deal where we worked something out and the end part was no more federal involvement in student loans, I'd be listening um, yeah. because that is the real problem is that we've had a federal takeover of student loans in general and we have propped up what are um, not viable uh, college programs in terms of uh, underwater basket weaving and gender studies and all this nonsense. So <laughs> if we said, okay, we, we pumped too much nonsense into this system. We're going to scale back and maybe help out those who we think were duped a little bit. And on the other side of this, we're not going to do any more of this anymore. The federal right. government doesn't do this. I would listen to that because I think that's steering the ship more in the right direction. Um, so, so I guess maybe I could get a little bit on board if it meant that we weren't doing this crap anymore in the future. Yeah. Your thoughts? Uh, I, I, I like y'all's answers. <laughs> would you be in favor of, um, if you could do something about the debt, would you just want to get the federal government out of it? Or what do you think the federal government's role is? Yeah. Um, I do, I do believe in, in subsidiarity, hmm. which is kind of like federalism on like a social level. But, uh, and so I, I would, uh, I would get the state. I mean, I would get the uh, federal government out of uh, out of education, almost altogether. Like the only thing I would I would be for the federal government getting involved is if uh, the state is violating someone's rights. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I think on that point, I could certainly reach some compromise. If it was toward uh, if it was toward getting rid of the Department of Education, that's uh, that's a step in the right direction. All right. Um, Oh, uh, uh, what do you guys think? I'm sorry. Uh, what do you guys think about, I think it's called like shared income something for like, uh, a company will, will pay for your tuition and you just have to give them, you have to give them a, a part of your income for like wow. eight years. I don't know much about a, a program like that. I've never participated in one, but if it's a, a voluntary agreement between employer and employee in terms of investing in that employee's education, I don't have a problem with that. I certainly think... Well, Obviously, yeah, it's going to have fine. to be. At least it's consensual, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and it's going to have to have some market value for that employer, or else they wouldn't do it. So, I don't have a problem. Yeah, it's with that. actually, uh, it's actually not employer employee. It's just a, a random student, and the student just gives them money part of like part of their income as like an investment. Gives the the business or the company money. Yeah. Why? What's what's exchanged? Uh, because the uh, the uh, business paid for the for the uh, tuition. Oh, so you're not you're not working oh. for the company. It's just like a, some kind of sponsorship or something. Oh, I thought you'd be working for the for the company. Huh? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, just I don't yeah. know enough about it. I think uh, Purdue is doing it. Um, I'll I'll leave you guys alone. Uh, All right. Well, thank you for the uh, thoughts, man. Yes, sir. A final word. Uh, sure. Use fountain pens; they're perfect. <laughs> you know, it's been yeah. a little while since we've had a good uh, fountain pen shout out. Appreciate that. That's a throwback at this point. Oh, yeah. Thank you, man. You guys have a nice night. And I assume, um, yeah, this is the same question that you had right in later, right? So we'll probably just skip over that. Oh, yes, sir. Okay. Well, thank you much, man. I will take that out now. Appreciate it. Bye. Okay. Whoops, I hopped in the wrong room because I don't even know how to run my own show. (laughs) Next up, although Discord is uh, uh, very tech tricky. You know, That's uh, Michigan expat is up next. Mr. Expat, you there? Good evening. Am I talking to Matt? Uh, yes, yep. sir. And blonde. 
And Blonde. <clears throat> blonde, you're doing all right, I guess? Yeah, I feel like garbage, but it's okay. <laughs> I hear that. Anyway, let's see here. Before I get before I start launching into my questions and stuff, I wanted to offer you some value. Let's see here. If you're tired of uh, buying your books from uh, evil corporations like Amazon, you know, my uncle buys through a site called Abe Books, A-B-E Books, Abe as in like, you know, Abe Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says you can even get like, you know, banned books and stuff from there. So, really? Uh, yeah. If you banned don't wanna, books? Is that what he said? That's what he said. He said as in like Amazon banned there. or what kind of banned? Just banned, just banned in general is what he said. But yeah, definitely okay. they're like banned from Amazon. But yeah, if you're looking for a site you can buy even banned books from, abooks.com. Otherwise, yeah, I'm you know I'm trying to still find an, another site you know I can buy like my movies and DVDs from besides just Amazon. I mean you know there's like Best Buy and Barnes and Noble, but it's like you know who else can I buy uh, DVDs from who you know isn't evil? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's who true. can you buy anything from anymore? Who isn't it's evil? Not I know, right? I know, right? Nothing's Let's more stressful than the uh, deodorant aisle. And oh, like yeah. I had this, I had this moment at target trying to buy deodorant. And then I realized, wait, I'm at target and target yeah. itself is evil. What, so who yeah. gives a shit? Oh, <laughs> Very God. stressful Dude, when I, you're trying to be purist about this stuff. Every oh, man, God. Jack, Dude. they're gone. Procter and Gamble, yeah. they're gone. Old spice. Are they still okay? Or are they owned by somebody? I don't know. Probably. They're probably owned by Procter and Gamble. Yeah. Oh God. I haven't, I haven't shopped in tar- at target in like seven to eight years. I mean, I knew, I knew they hated, you know, white people before that. But, uh, just, I, I, the target is one of those that like i know i should hate them but i just i just like target i can't explain and i even worked at target for a summer when i was in college and it's among mm-hmm. the worst jobs i've ever had in fact the only job i just left didn't even put in my really? two weeks never even put it on a resume because i burned my bridge with target hated working oh, there yeah. still love the store oh, can't yeah. explain i just just target i don't oh, know i just I, I like it can't explain why because, yeah, man, it's like you were saying before about, you know, how it's kind of disparaging that we we have to kind of pick and choose, you know, where we where we buy from nowadays. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's another site called secondvote.com, you know, 2nd.vote.org. Uh, you can use that site to figure out uh, if the organization that you buy from is, you know, completely evil or not, whether they donate to a bunch of uh, left-wing causes or not. That's that's, that's, that's another gotta be site a short I use. list. Maybe I should look at it, though. You know, I, I don't oh, want to yeah. live a purist life that's so stressed out about every single purchase I make. But oh, yeah. if you can generally guide most of your frequent purchases in the right direction, I think that helps. So, oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Blonde, what's that? What, what do you have on your shoulders? Is that like Chinese or Japanese or Asian writing or what is it on your jacket? No, it's a, it's a man and a woman, but it looks like two people uh, banging. Oh, I thought oh, it was so- maybe... You know, those like naked women silhouettes on truck. It does um, look like that. I thought it was two back to back, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a Slav track jacket, too. I get that. The live chat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a questionable. It was a questionable purchase. Yeah. Okay. Let's see here. What else do I have? Oh, blonde. Here's here's a question for you. Why do hippie chicks suck? Is that rhetorical? I mean, I'm just I'm just just asking you, why why do hippie chicks suck? You, you, You ought to be able to give me an answer for this one. I mean, like the, uh, uh, the crunchy aesthetic is annoying and the, the body, the, the body acceptance, but accosting body acceptance, like not in a fat way, but in like a, my muff smells way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. What else do I got? Here's, a, here's another question. For, here's another question for you. How do I how do I get my mother off of mainstream news? Because I mean, I mean, me, I'm obviously I'm pretty red pilled. My dad, my dad's pretty red pilled. He's kind of also black pilled same time time, but he's still pretty red pilled. My mom, however, is still pretty blue pilled. So how do I help her off of mainstream news? Oh, was that for me? Uh, I assume I don't know. 
I answer. Jeez. Uh, I, I mean, like, get her to Tucker and then start introducing some alternative media. Like one I video thought Tim Pool was your guy on this stuff. Oh, yeah. Tim Pool. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Pool is my oh, guy yeah. for this one thing. <laughs> Let's see here. Who, uh, what's, what's our opinion of uh, Nick Fuentes? I like him. I think he's adorbs. Oh, really? That's yeah. cool. Okay. Oh, and uh, what, <laughs> I, know, I mean, I know, I, know your, I know your opinion about uh, Ben Shapiro, but uh, hey, why don't you try <laughs> getting an interview with uh, Abby Shapiro? She, she would see what she has to say. No. no <laughs> You're an asshat. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. Let's see. What else did I have? No, All right, we'll here. we'll give you one more, and then we gotta let you go. Okay, okay. Well, just uh, dude, fountain pens are the best writing instrument ever, man. So I'm told. Yeah, I haven't made a good pen investment in a good a long time, so uh, now might be. Is there a preferred manufacturer? Who should I go to? And also one that oh, is not uh, too far left wing. Let's see here. I had uh the, the name the name escapes me right now but it start, but the name starts with gold i for, I, I forget what the name what the name is however unfortunately let me see I, I had it on the tip of my tongue and i i i, I don't have it um i don't see yeah a gold spot is that it i th- you know it sounds familiar it might be we'll i mean if, 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 if it is in fact if it is in fact fountain pens then, then that's probably it's probably them but uh, yeah, two hundred dollars for a goddamn oh, yeah. pen. Are you people? Oh, nuts? No, that's asinine. Oh yeah. my god. Oh yeah. All right, that's I want the, quill and ink awesome. if I'm going that fancy. <laughs> All right, see ya. Appreciate it. Take care now. Okay, we are due for a break. Having a rough time over here. This sucks. Over on. Uh, well, if you want to end early, we could do that too. You think you can make it, or oh, I can make it. It's fine. I'm okay. not. I'm, I'm not losing my voice. Which yeah, is... your voice actually sounds totally fine. Uh, over on Trovo, Darth Jones and C2K renewing subscriptions. Thank you guys. William Cooper casting a spell. C2K also casting a spell. Thank you guys. Uh, over on D Live, etc. Thank you for supporting the show. Giggling Spy as well. Silosopher, uh renewing a subscription. Appreciate it. Are you good over there? Yeah, and then I just have Tippy Stream, but go for it. Luke8995 says, just quit my job today, leaving Connecticut for the same money in Tennessee. Can't wait to put a stock on it. Uh, and that's awesome. Good for you. Congratulations. And if it's, yeah, if you get the same money moving to a, a state with a much uh, more affordable cost of living, it's effectively a giant raise. So good for you and best of luck. Greg Rubino says, hey, Blonde, I heard you might be interviewing Gavin McInnes soon. If you do, you should have him set up an interview with Jim Goat. I think it'd be interesting to see that. I'm, you know, uh, I can't suggest other people do stuff ever. There have been people have sent me a couple of people have sent me clips of it came up on Gavin's show that you wanted to interview him. And he said, sure. Oh, but good. I, had, I emailed I mean, I emailed the mail back, but I uh, haven't heard anything back. So okay. keep harassing him, guys. Oh, maybe that's <laughs> how he got it. Because people sent me a clip as though he was reading through messages and he's like, interview request from Blonde in the Belly of the Beast. Sure. And he just moved on. And it's like, <laughs> well, that doesn't really okay. help. Um, but maybe no. we'll figure it out. Uh, Black magic. So Rich Mendelson says it's not just his people doing the price gouging, but also others with the last names like Gupta, Ping, and Book. Hmm. Who's price gouging? What? What's the context? It's almost like the shoe seeks to divide and corrupt. Um, I don't know. Any kind of price gouging? Gupta, Ping, eh? What do you mean? The only Gupta I know is that Sanjay son of a bitch on CNN. Oh, Sanjay. Yeah, yeah. he's a real dick. No, Mark there are out. more. Um, there are billions of Guptas. Isn't that? Is, 
Yeah, there there are more in the public who are public figures in the U.S. Though, like, isn't that one not just Sanjay, but isn't there that one guy on NBC who's also a Doctor Gupta? Probably. Any, I don't know. Anyway, Pajit Gupta. Yeah, that's kind of like Muhammad Muhammad. There are a lot yeah. of those guys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Ping Ping. Ping yeah. Ping. Fang Fang. Mm-hmm. Mark Allen judges have used the term common. Uh, use for the AR-15 semi-auto, if not for the Firearms Act that made these NFA items, do you believe the select fire full auto would be in common use in the United States? That is a you question. Yeah, and that's why I don't like that standard is because what's the reason that suppressors aren't in common use, for example? Um, It's because they are heavily regulated by the federal government. What's the reason that fully automatic weapons are not in common use? It's not because they're particularly difficult to manufacture. It's because manufacturing new ones is banned and to get them to get the ones that are registered and transferable, they're incredibly expensive. So if it costs a thousand dollars to buy an automatic weapon as opposed to 10 grand plus, which is the current standard, lots more people would have them. And I I don't think that this country would be in a, a drastically more dangerous state if people did. So, yeah. That's my that's exactly my beef with the common use standard from the Supreme Court is federal law has already dictated common use. So if if the Second Amendment says that weapons in common use are protected, well, then how was it that the federal government decided what is common use 100 years ago? Yeah, yeah. Um, should we circle back? Oh, blonde, what's the message on your t-shirt? Uh, this one, it says my man is a Marine. I got it from the ah. vintage store. Uh, Matthew Malloy. Thank you, sir. This guy Fuchs, uh, go full regard and buy RTRD at, uh, regarded token.com. <laughs> I do. I have not checked the price. How is highly regarded token doing? Uh, I don't know. It's, who knows? I got um, in on the, um, I got in on the launch thanks to our friend Matt Palumbo, but I have not checked on checked up on the status of my regard, highly regarded token. <laughs> Matthew Melissa is blonde. You okay? Yeah, my kid got me so sick. I feel so mm. sick. Um, Long John John says, so blonde would get a divorce if her husband hit her, but would he if you hit him? Probably not because I just... I just couldn't do any damage. I could just wail on my husband and I it would do nothing. What if you hit him first and he hit you? Would, the, would you divorce him then? No. Hmm. What would you do if Ping hit you? <laughs> Probably laugh. <laughs> We've yeah. talked about that before because it's like, could you imagine a world where you decided that you wanted to kick my ass and you tried? Yeah, like what, tried. Yeah. what would that look like? Now, I'm sure she could obviously sucker punch me or surprise me in some way. But yeah. the idea of her like, Trying to engage in a hand-to-hand fight. Yeah, exactly. um, no, I could just bear hug her and it would be over. It's yeah, done. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll circle back. All right. I just have one uh, on Tippy stream. The June 5th Minnesota meetup was moved to the morning to avoid the 97 degree afternoon. Unfortunately, most people couldn't make it. I am organizing two new Minnesota meetups, a July 10th meetup and a separate firearms get together. Contact Aaron D in Minnesota in the contact sheet, Aaron D. Um, and I, Aaron, maybe you should email me too, because um, as I recall, there was at least, like I said, the last time that, that, um, that we visited Minnesota, which was fall 2019, there was a kind of a, there were a lot of people in that Minnesota group. I don't know if there was a Facebook group or some prior organization, but there might be some contacts for you to work with already. 
if you want to email me, I can um, maybe help you find those people if they're still around. Anyway, uh, we will come back to the rest of these later. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Thank you, guys. And we'll get back into the calls. Maul is up next. Maul, you there? Hey, hello, y'all. Hey, Bond. Oh, hi. Uh, birthday to your do- uh, happy birthday to your daughter. Thank um, you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, uh, my birthday's coming up in about a month. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, it's on the third of July. I was four hours away from being born on the fourth. Oh man. Well, yeah, it's pretty close. I always wonder what it's like for people whose birthday is a major holiday. Do you feel like you were robbed of a birthday or is it cool because the holiday and your birthday combine I mean, together? I mean, my, my birthday is uh, my birthday falls on the, on, on the day before my fate, the most, my favorite holiday. Yeah. So of course uh, your I, favorite I, I'm, holiday. Fourth yes, of July, huh? July, yes. Hmm. We but, are, uh, um, how, we're, hmm? We're planning on being in the Black Hills for the Fourth of July. Uh, location undisclosed, but we're we're planning oh, on really? heading over to Christy Gnomeland, and yeah. uh, and there aren't going to be any fireworks at Mount Rushmore because of that son of a bitch Joe Biden. Seriously, I yeah, I we should have gone last year when they had Donald Trump and the fireworks at Mount yeah. Rushmore. It was like yeah. the most concentrated America in a small area possible. Yeah. I'm sure it was just awesome, but we won't get to experience have- anything like that. Yeah, we're probably going to have fireworks here on my, on my birthday. I actually have something before it's 4th of July there. But that's yeah. not the topic. The topic I want to talk about was the whole Andy No incident that happened. Oh, yeah. Before. Okay, yeah. Sure. So, um, so I was uh, looking at that. I was looking at the whole spat that happened on Twitter with Tim Pool and everything else. And I kind of agree, though. I kind of don't agree well, with him at the same can time. You, can you explain it? Because we've had people bring this up to us, and I haven't heard exactly what was said. Okay, so and I want to be as I, I respect both guys, so I want to be as fair to both as possible. Okay, so what happened was that uh, when Andy No got attacked, and Tim Pool didn't know if it was Andy No or not. Okay. And he. And then when it turned out that it was, and he found out that some reporters actually. Hold I on. If it was- My connection dipped again, but now you're oh, back. No. So, back up about 20 seconds. Okay. So it turned out. So I'm going to make a long story short, but sure. basically um, Tim was pretty much criticized the fact that Andy went down there he believed that it, there was there, there was no benefit for him to do so, even though okay. he, he kind of clarified that, yeah, he kind of backtracked on that. But he still think that it was incredibly, um, it was incredibly uh, foolish. Sure. I don't think it was the rule because they know they want to kill the man. And yeah, it, and that and he, and it was pretty much said that basically and that it was basically tribalism and. I didn't agree with the take that he had. He said it was he could have he was a little bit crude. He could have been a little bit clearer, but he he stands by it because he he's not going to just pander to one or the other side. Which yeah, is why well, I, the, the, like I can see how that can get confused too because it's yeah. different to say that something is unwise versus it's your fault that it happened to you. And the the impression that I've had again, not having heard Tim's full commentary, is that. Tim was victim blaming or saying that Andy No was somehow at fault for what happened to him. That's a different claim than than saying what he did was unwise. Now, you can do something that's unwise and have it still be entirely within the scope of your rights as an American citizen or anywhere else. And 
Um, and it, and I think Tim would probably agree with that, that Andy is yeah. not outside of his rights to go that. into Portland. He might just be unwise to do it. Um, and they was talking about yeah. that. He was talking about that with, with Elijah Schaefer, but it got me thinking, God forbid if they if this man actually get end up getting murdered by these people. What would, would the media actually would finally step away from Antifa if that actually were to happen? No, they would find a way to blame Andy, hundred percent. Yeah, that, that is, I don't want to believe that. Oh, I do. Due to the fact that they not actually that I want to, but I do believe to, it. Yeah, uh, they they were kind of forced to do so the first time he was being. I think the second time they did so, but it wasn't as bad. If he ends up getting killed by these people, God forbid, I'm not trying to, I don't want him to get, uh, I want him to survive. It would probably send a shockwave through the media, through the media to the point where they can't, probably can't support that because then what happens? I don't think so. Look at the, look at the Portland uh, shooter guy who shot the um, uh, guy in Patriot pair dead. And then yeah. he fled to Washington and then U.S. Marshals shot him by, dead. How, by, how much was that covered on CNN? Five seconds? Oh, better yet, it was Vice that actually interviewed the man that shot him. So I remember that. that, was, that and that interview that was, was insane. He said something like, that guy was mean. <laughs> the, the part of the quote it, I remember was, was my, following him. Yeah, my friend of color. This guy in Patriot Prayer was confrontational with my friend of color, so I had to shoot him defensively who the hell says friend of color yeah Uh, come on you're not friends with that black guy if you call him your friend of color i will tell Uh, someone do not refer to me as your friend of color because i will look at you really stupid you're our caller of color (laughs) thank you but like i'm just like it's at this point I I don't want I th- I think at this point Andy should just like do what James O'Keefe has done I think that's essentially what he has, he should like, hire people like, out basically yeah yeah mm. but I think but Elijah Schaefer put it a point out that no matter what they will attack anybody that doesn't follow their precise rules so even then they're not guaranteed to actually be safe from that. Well, and that's what Andy so, said in that interview was the reason that that I was outed is because I didn't want to do their criminal shit. I didn't yeah. want to throw things at people. I didn't want to vandalize. And they said, well, that's weird. Why won't that guy help <laughs> us with I our crimes? I almost want to get in. And every time I like, I want to be like, maybe I should probably start documenting this kind of stuff because I'm probably going to be kind of like not in there. I'll be like, I don't think I probably should do it. Yeah. If I'm not, Have, if I'm not ready to defend myself or anything. Like that. I saw Tim tweeting at Andy to do a show together. Has anything come of that? Are they actually going to sit down and talk? Well, right now, Andy is because Eliza Schaefer was trying to get him to get, get him on the show as well and like talk to him. But right now, Andy's trying to just lay low just chill and out. recover because yeah. he's kind of because of, I think I think which so is kind of. He's, he just want to recover at this it's point. It's not like a feud between them. It's just Andy's no, just laying I don't, low. Okay. I, 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 and the only reason why he, he Andy wanted to get on the show a couple of times was because he was in London and, and Tim doesn't do remote shows, but does yeah. like do like remote calls and stuff like that. It was it was kind of hard since he was in London. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to wait until he's actually in the States. So I think that he probably will whenever Andy is, is um uh what's it called um 
better and more and more uh, more prepared to actually go on the record like uh, in different shows and stuff i think he'll probably will have him yeah i'd be like to i'd like to hear more from him in a long form conversation like that because yeah. you know he kind of had the short interview with laura ingram but i i wish i was honestly shocked that it was actually him when that footage came out or that story came out i thought no also, goddamn way he's really- not going into portland <laughs> he's not doing that's you not him really- yeah yeah. You should really, you or or both should really get on his show because I think it would be a really good conversation between you two. If between you three, you talking Andy or Tim or Tim? Yeah, Tim's show. Well, I think I actually, I think it actually be a really good informative conversation. My inbox is always open, but you know my policy. I don't invite myself onto other people's shows. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah that's maybe Tim yeah, would it, come on here. I, Tim has been on this show a long time ago, but Blonde wasn't <gasps> there right, for I the interview. Here. It was just me and Tim. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, anyway. I'll, t- I'll tell you to take care. Y'all, uh, y'all get better, please. Well, thank you for the call of color. We appreciate it. We do appreciate and, it. And the well-wishing of color too. Thank you. Have a oh, excellent you. night of color. <laughs> well-wishing of color. I love thank it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, Visconti is up next. Visconti, you there? Oh, Hello. What's on your mind? Uh, well, for starters, I'm happy to have finally heard Matt's rant on The Last of Us 2. <laughs> did you finish the game? How far did you make it? I didn't even buy it. Well, that's, that's the correct I, call. You you were ahead of your time. A developer video they did before it came out, and like all the developers were wearing pride patches and pins, and I was like... Oh no! You saw it coming. So have you have you watched like gameplay and stuff of it? You're familiar with some of the ridiculous scenes. Oh yeah, I okay. Uh, my friend at work he bought it and he played it in front of me, and I was just laughing at him the whole time. Yeah, it's uh, I, I I tried. I I I played maybe six hours of it, something like that, and then I just quit. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm not even going to bother with this. But uh, my question for you guys, and in the extremely unlikely and very hypothetical situation that the vaccine proves lethal in, say, a year or two, what do you think will be the outcome of that? Uh, In what context? Like, outcome for whom or... What do you mean? For, well, Can you be a little more specific? Say, for those that survive that didn't get oh. any kind of, I'm my perspective. It, it would probably be more of the conservative thinking side that would not. Yeah, the average IQ of the world will increase. Yeah, maybe <laughs> a self calling. But, like, but here, the, here's the thing, though: if what, that came out, that if it happened, if if anti-productive you're... of whatever. Hmm. Oh my god! Well, I, if you're, I would never agenda. stop laughing if that happened. I would die laughing. <laughs> if your all circumstance is going to be free real estate, so. if if that situation developed, I think there's still X amount of the true believers of the true Fauci purists that would deny it to their own graves. Like they they could watch that happen in front of their eyes, and they'd still call people who had some skepticism about the vaccine science deniers and anti-vaxxers and, and all of this, there is such a purist um, 
I, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's its own religion. I don't like saying that because it sounds like a shot at religious people, but I just mean it. It's like this ultimate unbreakable faith that they put in Fauci and all these scientific experts that I think they could watch people drop like flies and they still wouldn't, they still wouldn't question what, what the experts tell them to do. So once they kick it, will you go through their pockets? <laughs> Pop out their gold teeth? Totally. Yeah. Well, I mean, big house just sitting empty right there. That's an interesting moral question. If there is a, if you're in like a war or an apocalyptic situation where people are just dying in masses like that, yeah, is it immoral to uh, to take some treasures or? Dude, I'm talking about like beneficial the, to your survival. Then. Hmm. I'm talking and I'm talking about the like the the kind of bodies where we can't even process them. You know, it's not like a guy died and you're going to take him to the funeral home and no, he's going to get cremated like, or whatever. Take you're talking. You yeah. You're talking like Actually, walking over bodies in the streets. COVID was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Is it immoral to uh, snag a few quarters out of those pockets or snag a gold tooth? Yeah. It's certainly like immoral to cut of... off the toe and put it in a jar and put it on your shelf. We know that. You can't do that. Well, there'll be plenty of to choose from. <laughs> oh, but man. what kind of government do you think would spring from? Would it be more of a Ugh. state government thing? Or? Probably, yeah. Hmm. What do you think, Sky? What kind of government would spring from a mass death scenario like that? Yeah. Uh, it would have to be like it would have to be extremely local and extremely kind of uh, uh, tribal, and I don't even mean that in like identity ways. I mean like small pockets of people banded together for survival purposes. That's what I mean. Because the feds aren't going to help you. Like in a situation like that, that's three hundred million people across a country this big. That's just too much for any federal government to manage. It, it just wouldn't. They can't be everywhere at once. Right. About the Chinese government. Well, they're pretty good, but I don't know if they're that good. Uh, what's got you thinking this way? Are you? You said it's unlikely, so you're not expecting this. But what's uh, what's well, got your mind little, working um, toward that outcome? Uh, just some future planning is all. Okay. <laughs> I Hedging. Mean, it, yeah. It's like in the scenario that something like that might happen like how would what kind of new world would like pop up from something like that hmm. would um what i would we essentially actually own our own property then or probably yeah i'd like to see somebody get eek property taxes out of me in that situation hmm. yeah. right i mean atf isn't going to matter much at that point so <laughs> God, nobody's but, called in about that tonight. If you uh, you pay, do you pay attention much attention to the ATF? Have you seen some of their proposed rulings on this pistol brace stuff? Uh, yes, I have. Oh, and, oh, oh my god! I mean, I won't get into I'm that because like, I could talk for an hour. It's but. for me. It's like at first it's oh no, and then second like oh I'm not going to comply anyway. So yeah, it's time to time for everyone to buy stocks. And I don't mean uh, financial investments. I mean butt end of rifles. And uh, for the purposes of this show, I mean rifles with 16-inch barrels, Susan and David Chipman. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. Nothing but. Of course. All right. Well, thank um, you for the um, hypothetical, man. If you have a last word, go for it. Uh, thank you. Uh, if So if I have a movie suggestion, where do I go to input it? 
to Blonde because Blonde is the decider. She's she's the nomination just, maker. So just email Blonde. Yeah, to, I'll read it. <laughs> I okay. in, to be as uh, open as possible, or at least open with the rules as possible. Blonde makes the nomination, so there's no real formal suggestion box. But it's possible. Oh, okay. It's possible that we will get to that point. I think the original premise of the bit here is that there are a whole series of uh, of so called classic movies that I have not seen, and Blonde is kind of uh, guiding me through that with the input of the audience. But once we kind of, I think once we reach critical mass where I've seen, you know, Blonde's major checklist, maybe we'll figure out ways to change the format a little bit where maybe we watch movies that maybe both of us haven't seen or maybe we open it up a little bit more. So stay tuned. But right now, right now, there's no real audience nomination process, but that could change. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Well, thank you, man. Well, you all have a good one. You as well. Okay. Reloaded. Reloaded. You there? Hey, guys. Sorry. Uh, I was uh, having a discussion with Dangerous Spaces in there. And it's, uh, I guess my topic tonight's going to be the friend enemy distinction and how it's basically going to have to be the a lot of people's thought processes going forward. And uh, kind of what sparked this on was the. Monday night show when you guys were talking about Matt Walsh's quote unquote own of AOC mm-hmm. when it got to the hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Well, the thing about AOC is that she, you can Matt Walsh can quote point out like, hey, he didn't even accept a hundred thousand dollars to help out her. She didn't accept a hundred thousand dollars to help out her grandma. But she, AOC turned around and said, it's not just my grandma. It's that a bunch of people in Puerto Rico were hurting from this hurricane from natural disasters. And if Matt Walsh really wanted to turn the tables on her, he could have pointed out that the Puerto Rican officials were withholding aid from the people mm-hmm. and pointed and do that. But instead he just did like this, not just AOC was being cynical about it, but Matt Walsh also pulled a cynical move by doing the whole hundred thousand dollars thing. And instead of helping somebody that considers him an enemy, he could have took that hundred thousand dollars and donated it to causes for people that got caught up into the January 6th debacle. Because you're having people that were arrested getting beaten in prison. And the only reason that some of these people got released after they were mercilessly beaten in prison, one man had his orbital socket broken while in there. Big O, I think it was, um, was because people like Eric Stryker and the TRS guys were starting to raise a big stink about it. You didn't hear anybody on Matt Walsh's side, you know, raising raising the initial alarm. And it's not just AOC that's kind of doing this you're starting to see more uh visceral forms of this in something like yale i don't know if you guys were going to talk about it on the next monday show but uh yale i guess had a little uh a powwow with somebody named aruna kilani kilanani and the uh discussion was on the psychopathic problem of the white mind oh yeah i heard about this i don't know much about this all right. Yes. Well, Kilanani basically said that all white people are evil, so on and so forth. How she wished she could actually shoot white all white people in the head, or because they were they don't because they try to pull the I'm not racist card. Yeah. This, the bitch is insane. But these are the, but Yale tried to hide this like talk by saying like it's only for members of like or alumni of Yale to be able to listen to. But after this got leaked out, they basically gave a milk toast saying like this doesn't represent our values. Well, the thing is that. This is representative of the values. AOC is giving you the more milk toast version of like, you know, oh, I was hiding from the white supremacists at my, you know, 
Washington, D.C. office or wherever she was because uh, I thought I was going to get killed by the white men. And then you're seeing more of this stuff being indoctrinating, indoctrinating people into higher education. And then the result of that is that you're starting to see things like, oh, an Amazon worker beating a 67-year-old white woman telling her she has privilege because the package was late. And then you have people, uh, children like Cash Gurney being stolen in the middle of the night and murdered. Yeah. And then just recently, a couple of days ago, there was a 12-year-old, uh, sorry, a 14-year-old uh, white girl from Fargo who uh, a, a black guy uh, attacked her for 20 minutes, gave her 20 stab wounds, and wow. uh, I choked her out. And uh, he, ended, he ran away from the scene and it managed to get inside of Walmart and basically like change his clothes and leave. But he ended up getting caught. Uh, but that, that girl that got attacked, like they ended up having to pull the plug on her because she was too far gone. She had too much brain damage. Jeez. Yikes. Yeah, I didn't hear anything yes. about that one. No, not a lot of people are going to hear about it. Hmm. Like, and another, <laughs> another thing like that happened with a pregnant woman. They don't know if the, the woman's going to survive, but the, she, already, she had already miscarried. Like, these kinds of things are having effects, ripple effects, all around the country. And it's basically open. Who are saying, like, oh, I'm going to own AOC, my enemy, by giving her $100,000 to help her abuela, so on and so forth. It doesn't make any sense. These people are... It, it's... That's why the Republican Party is a joke. The Libertarian yeah. Party is a joke, much the same. Yeah. And you, what's when I tried to point it out in the end, is like, what's going to come down to is a friend-enemy distinction. If these people consider you enemy, you their enemy, then like you're going to be having some problems soon. And it's like I know you can say like, well, with Cash uh, Cash Gurnan, like I I'm I have a gun in my house, so I'd be able to protect my child. Well, the girl that the black guy, the 14-year-old in Fargo, she was just riding her bike over to her mom's house. Yeah. And it was only like a few blocks away. You can't is there, is there an update on that story on uh, Cash, what's his last name, Garnon, something like that? I haven't do heard we, anything. Do we get, is there any more information on that? Because last we left this story, there were a lot of questions that we had, and I haven't seen anything more about it. Are you familiar with any new developments? This is the, for people who might not be aware, this is the kid who, who was kidnapped by the um the teenage or however however old the the black home intruder the eight, was the eighteen year old okay black so, guy, brown, and it was on, and I we saw him was. on the home camera take the boy yeah. and then the boy was found basically in a ditch a few hours later but yeah. do we and, have and, any any more information about that guy's relationship with the family or anything else well the yet. thing is, is that they were there were people were calling the police over a month for, about this guy like he was okay. doing men, having menacing behavior for over a month and no response. Yeah. And the thing is, is that it's because he was a the only thing the FBI and the, a lot of the upper class like law enforcement are doing is they're they're spending all the resources investigating white supremacy. Like you keep hearing about that again and again and again. It's the biggest problem. Like uh the my little shooter guy. Oh yeah. Uh he his mom tipped off the FBI about him, saying like, Oh man, he's pretty dangerous. Like, I don't know about that. But the FBI looked into him and it's because he didn't have a racist background, they just let it go. Hmm. That's that's what I'm trying to like point out here is like Word being hit from all sides at this point, from all levels, and uh, it, like I know you guys are very s strict and like especially mad in his principles of like I want to follow the Constitution and everything else, 
But in the end, like if as things get more to decline, like in the end, like the en- friend enemy distinction is the only thing you're gonna have to gonna be able to go by because I'm with you. Infrastructure, yeah. infra- infrastructure starting to fail. Uh, you see that the bridge in Memphis. Uh, you're noticing more violent attacks on people. Uh, your politicians aren't able to do a thing, and it's just basically going to turn. It's and it's not like a anything's going to happen. There's not going to be a key moment that everything collapses. It's, it's just going to be a slow dis- decline into like a piss earth. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for the thoughts, man. I'm having a little bit of a connection emergency, so <laughs> I oh, no. like, sorry. My connection's yeah. falling off a cliff again, so I might have to. We're we're due for a break as well. But uh, but thank you for the thoughts. I appreciate it. Oh, sorry. Uh, before I go, I want to say I'm uh, like I'm. I I was a caller a few years ago. I don't know if you remember my name is AK47 your face, but uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never remember. It's uh I I may just be some random guy, but I'm very proud of you guys for all you've done. And oh, especially you. when you when you uh you guys have set up your networking system for callers or if you're for watchers of the show to be able to meet up. And I know you guys have had like marriages come through this and like and children and everything else. So you guys have done a really good job. Oh, well, thanks. Thank I appreciate you. it. And thanks for being a part of the community that. for so long. Uh, well, I, well, I've been able to, I've started listening again in the past, like several months, but, sure. uh, I, I'm proud of you guys. Well, thank Aww, you. And, um, thanks. and thanks for, I mean, we're, we're really proud of, of this community and, and what we have. So thanks for being a part of it. All right. You guys have, have a good night. night, man. Appreciate it. Okay. I, uh, I think the connection has been restored. It, uh, I don't know. Let me, it looks green on my end now. So if the chat is saying anything's on fire, um, just sit tight and it should be back. Are you still there, Blonde? Yeah, I can see yeah. your eyes moving. You're not frozen. Okay, we um we got to read through a few chats and then we'll get to our last segment of calls. All right, let me reload this really quick. We are good on uh, DLive. Thank you guys. Over on Trovo, the Super Shoe casting a spell. Uh, water filter merchant, I think, uh, as well. Thank you for supporting the show. Eric and then, Marley. Um, oh, oh I just have one uh, message from C2K who says Carl, uh, uh, Carl Sargon put out a great video on Tuesday discussing the heinous war human rights violations Nigeria committed by banning Twitter with the based as fuck byline of just build your own Nigeria. Yeah, where they suggested that Nigeria is owned by its government and they can ban who they like. Well worth a watch. I didn't catch that one, but um, you know, I've been a, a Sargon listener for a long time, so I will have to check that one out. And uh, yeah, I, what's the update? Has the uh, has the Nigerian president caved or is he still holding the line against Jack Dorsey? I, I hope he's holding the line. Team Nigeria. Well, that's kind of um, that story in a sort of a funny way is right to the theme of what the last caller was talking about. Obviously, on principle, I don't want to fight. I don't want to ban people. I don't want to do all this. But what the president of Nigeria is doing is fighting fire with fire. Yeah. You just better hope that your fire burns hotter, I guess. (laughs) I really don't like that, but I understand the point that's being made. I, I, you know, I don't I don't want the war. But if the war comes upon you, you can't be sitting in the middle of a firefight saying, now, guys, yeah, let's think about the moral implications of what's going on here. I get it. You do what you have to do. I just I think we got to try to avoid it as much as possible. But yeah, at some point, it's like you're holding back a boulder and that thing is going to roll eventually. That's where we are. That's why we're seeing a Canadian white guy trucks of peace. Oh yeah, I, I didn't read that much into that story, but what? Someone in Canada just ran down a Muslim family with a truck. Oh yeah, he killed everybody. They and were coming uh, this, out of a mosque. Yeah. This was uh, clearly no accident. I take it. 
No. Yeah. Um, well, uh, that's a hundred for them and one for us. Uh, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> I read that and I was like, oh, I'm having a lot of conflicting. I disavow, Susan, but if you're doing the tally on the scoreboard, we're still well behind in this particular game. Yeah. Pakistani was a minus five. <sighs> that's uh, okay. I, I, I disavow my, my prior joke there. I'm, I know, but on the other hand, it's like Muslims are also right about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I'm, the great, I'm really conflicted the great, here. The great blonde uh, dilemmas of um, of whether she's team Muslim or not, or whether um, abortion is good in some circumstances. Or I have not. never thought that. I've never well, thought I've, I've heard you entertain the idea that abortion can reduce crime rates no anytime anybody <laughs> has said that i've i vehemently opposed okay. it sorry i didn't mean no. to misrepresent no i i've never ever agreed with that statement. okay it's absolutely All not right. children children are innocent you know uh almost in no situation so i think abortion is an appropriate action um but running over a whole family of muslims maybe oh, i don't know maybe uh well you heard it here and you know what that means full <laughs> ad monetization from susan <laughs> You know, this last, uh, we're a little bit behind. I'll say this real quick. The, this last video I posted had um, this guy who was just shot and killed in Minneapolis who was a wanted felon and he pulled a gun on U.S. Marshals and they shot him dead. And people went back on his Instagram and they pulled a bunch of videos that he had. And he was saying stuff like, don't go to the protest. And if you do, bring a gun, bring a bomb, bring a rocket launcher. And if you don't have that, at least get some bleach from the store and throw it in a police officer's face. He was saying stuff that explicit. Yeah. And I put some of those clips in my video and I thought, is Susan going to Susan going to punish me for this, even though it's not me saying it? I'm playing clips of someone else saying this stuff. I thought outside chance she might punish me for it. Uh, no, full ads. That's that's <laughs> great. You know, Susan really doesn't crack down on calls for violence, whether you talk. It's you talking about Nancy Pelosi's head on a pike yeah. or whether it's this guy talking about throwing bleach in cops faces. I Susan doesn't that. care about that. Just don't make jokes about trannies. They are untouchable. Why? Susan's pet. Well, they aren't untouchable because clearly getting touched a bunch is what led to this mental disorder. <laughs> All right. That, that, I, I have to give that an affirmative Bing. action rim shot. That was a good one. Okay. Uh, do we have any YouTube chats we need to catch up on? We're already a little yeah. bit behind. But. Eric Marley, to clarify, the rainbow flag tattoo is only stretched out and that it's restructured to run along the length of her calf, not a result of weight gain. That is an oh. important distinction. I Okay. I still don't understand, but as long as it's not because she got fat, then I'm fine with that. No, I'm not. What am I saying? Cersei, <laughs> Cersei, Cersei, Cersei. Yeah. Uh, if I sell a t-shirt line that says fat shaming is a crime and when people order shirts, I send them a shirt three sizes too small, am I going to hell? No, I do things worse than that all the time and... I'm probably going to hell, so I don't know how to answer this question. Actually. It's kind of a funny prank, but it is also deceptive. I mean, it's fraud. What you're doing at that point <laughs> is fraud. I so, like how the problem you have with that is just the fraudulent aspect. Well, you can't you can't sell a product and send someone something else. That's yeah. Maybe if you did it as a joke and then refund it, I suppose. But otherwise, it's kind of theft. Yeah. Um, uh, Mr. Jones, a higher percentage of white people go to college than minorities. So anyone supported college tuition, uh, forgiveness is racist. Okay. I agree. Totally, hmm. totally okay. Last one for right now. Uh, mostly peaceful gun owner. 
going in to get the jab for the Hong Kong flu. If anything happens to me, Matt gets my 300 blackout ammo. Why are you getting the vaccine? <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. It's hard to come by still. Some of the ammo market is recovering, but you know, my supply on 300 blackout is a little low. So thank you for that. And Godspeed. We'll circle, we'll circle back. Okay. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Raggle Fraggle is up next. You there, Raggle? Hey, what's going on, guys? Doing all right. What's going on with you? Uh, not a whole bunch. It's been a hot minute, man. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Second time I've been in since y'all had Danger Space to start uh, screening calls. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, you've you've got stuff. Uh, you've had a busy personal life lately, so, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I guess we're going to talk about your movie reviews. I've been enjoying the hell out of them. Um, well, that's good to hear. Even the, yeah, even the ones that everybody hates. I, I agree <laughs> with them, but I'm glad that you're doing them anyway. So would, you, would that put you in the category of Tremors fan? Or I assume you're probably talking about Tremors and Groundhog Day. But here's the thing. I wasn't even that harsh. I'm not saying Groundhog Day is a bad movie. I am saying Tremors is a bad movie. Groundhog Day, I'm just kind of lukewarm on. I'm not hating, but it's but the thing on Groundhog Day is like unless you have nothing but positive things to say about some of these sacred cow movies, it gets really dicey. I mean, that's that's how it always is when you get into something like this. I mean, you you got into politics years ago, and you, I thought you'd be used to this kind of thing. Uh yeah. This is this is just it. I, I, I'm entertained by this exercise just because it's totally apolitical though. You know, it's, it's just sort of oh. fascinating from a human psychology perspective that you can have so much investment in a thing that really strictly speaking, isn't about you, doesn't affect you. And again, I have sacred cow movies and TV shows and things myself. Like I get it. Um, like I, I think dumb and dumber is one of the greatest movies of all time. And anyone who doesn't think it's hilarious, like, I just don't get you. I don't understand. you. It's it's um, I would say I have an emotional connection to sports, especially football. Like that's why it's been so heartbreaking to watch the NFL go so woke is because it's made it very difficult for me to decide if I want to or can support that stuff yeah. because I am. Am I supporting this nonsense progressive agenda and doing it? That sort of stuff. Um, but anyway, I didn't mean to jump all over your your movie takes so what did you want to talk about as far as those movies i actually kind of wanted to ask you but you already answered the question what were your sacred cow kind of movies what are your favorites so i guess i'll ask blonde the same question yeah i mean we're we're watching them right now i'm watching skag rip them apart every week Uh, (laughs) i don't know if he doesn't like my cousin Vinny, i it's it's going to it's going to rip my heart out of my chest i've never seen the whole thing i've only seen bits and pieces of that movie but i'm more of a um a high art kind of person. So I like stuff like, um, uh, the Godfather and, um, gone. Nesferatu. Um, the Godfather is a very overrated film. See, this is another angle. This is another angle. I think we could take later is because right now the premise of every movie I see is that it's a, a good movie or one that you think you blonde think, uh, is a very good movie. But if we, if later, if their nominations were something like, quote unquote, good movies that blonde thinks are overrated or movies that are supposed to be good, but blonde hates. That might be an interesting way to go about this Fight too. Club. Sure. Because at this point, every movie that we see, we know that you're going to have a, a fairly high opinion of. That's true. Yeah. Let's watch. I guess we, maybe we should once a month watch a movie where both of us haven't seen it. 
Yeah, we'll have to mix it up some way because we got to get you at this point. You don't have a path for hate and we need to have, I have to have a path for hate or this bit's going to fall apart. Right. This is- so we're yeah, going to have to mix I, I it will up. Say, I will say I did like that you took my idea of having people vote on it in, in a sense. It is exactly what I wanted you to do. I just had a hard time communicating mm-hmm. uh, like the idea. Um, but blonde to to be fair or to explain my point. I think westerns and gangster movies are probably the two best genres of film for America because they're very American. Uh, oh, I like plenty films. of gangster films, though. Yeah, but I think the reason why I like them is because westerns are about the western expansion and the heroes that came out of it. And <laughs> gangster yeah. movies are about um, people who are trying to assimilate into America but just fight it. You know, they hold on to the old ways and you see the villains that come out of it. Yeah, I think that's probably the two best American genres. Specifically, okay. I can I'm get sh- on board with that. Yeah, I've not watched a lot of westerns, and I bet I would really like them. I'll have to get down that path. If, too. if I made if I made your list, it would be a lot of Clint Eastwood and John Wayne movies. I'll be honest with you. I've not seen a lot of Clint Eastwood except for Gran Torino, and I love that movie. Oh no, you got to get into his old westerns like High yeah. Plains Drifter, uh, yeah. Outlaw Josie Wales, and uh, the the Dollars Trilogy. Yeah, sure. That that's his top tier stuff. Oh, his best movie is Unforgiven, though. So if you want to start with his best one, that's it. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you, man. Have a good night. Yeah, you as well. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> a little bit of a spoiler for Sunday. Last night we watched Terminator Two, yeah. and um, and that was uh, it, it's definitely a big improvement on the first one, and I liked the first one so. Um, the only thing that annoyed the hell out of me about Terminator two was screechy John Connor. Will you shut the hell up? That is a common complaint. Yeah. Oh my God. Like I can't stand him, but, uh, I, I really liked so much more of Arnold's character came out in this one and it just made it, um, just a, a more enjoyable movie. And that's not even a shot at the first one, but it was, um, we, we had a good time watching it more on Sunday, obviously. Um, Okay, Damien is up next. Damien, you there? I'm here. What's on your mind? Hello. Uh, Well, I guess one thing I want to mention real quick. I heard you guys talking about uh, Muslims during the uh, chat break. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Independent of like uh, the beliefs of Muslims or anything like that, I did uh, have the opportunity to travel to Egypt a long time ago. And uh, one of the things that struck me about Egypt even though I was like a militant atheist at the time, it really struck me how strong their sense of community is in that country. You know, like Hmm. when they address each other, they call each other, you know, brother or sister or like aunt or uncle, you know, even when they're not related because they have this bond through their, uh, you know, ethnic homogeneity and their religious homogeneity. So apart from, uh, like I say, the religious beliefs of Muslims, that is... uh, one thing that I really appreciated about their culture, like I say, like struck me as being such a positive thing that they uh, could have that like level of unity in their country. Have you guys ever had an experience like that traveling to a country that's uh, ethnically and religiously homogenous to, to that extent? No, I mean, almost all of my travel has been in Western Europe. So. Yeah, I think, uh, Matt, did you... I once went to Canada when I was 12 or 13. <laughs> so that's the extent of my foreign travel. Yeah, I, w- I, I wouldn't be able to answer that question just because I, I haven't, uh, I don't have those experiences. 
Yeah, it, it was it was it was like a good insight to have about mm. how different life can be in that type of world. I think that's part of the reason that I'm perhaps like more, you know, attracted to the idea of like a white ethno state than most people because I've seen, you know, what a what an Arab Muslim ethno state looks like and it there's quite something to be said I think for having that level of homogeneity. Um, that's just one little quick topic though. Could I maybe drop one more topic? Sure. Uh, it's kind of super boring, but I also think it's like super important, which is uh, just, I want to talk about uh, like, you know, wealth tax. Everyone talks wow. about wealth tax sometimes. Well, and you know, everyone's, it's kind of like controversial, right? Everyone's like, oh, I don't know. Wealth tax seems pretty sketch. But the point that I want to make is we already have a wealth tax and what that is, is inflation. And yeah. the thing is, it's, it's even worse than uh, like an actual, you know, official quote unquote wealth tax would be because if they implemented an official wealth tax, this would, they'd start it out at least only affecting the super rich, right? And it'd only be, who knows, like 1%. Whereas <laughs> the wealth tax, which is our inflation tax, affects everyone down to, you know, the poorest person with just yeah. $1,000 in their savings account. And they're taking more than 1% out of that person's uh, purchasing power every year. You know, inflation is usually closer to 2% if you believe the official figures and probably higher than that uh, if you don't believe the official yeah. figures, which you really probably shouldn't. So, like, uh, I, I just think it's really important for people to understand the extent to which inflation is a tax. And whenever the government is you know, spending money that they aren't explicitly taxing you for, they're taxing you for it in some way. And it's usually these days through inflation. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. People and, and don't yeah, you seem start... to think that. Go yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, people don't think that inflation is, is a tax. And I'm, I'm noticing that people are not even taking to taking into account uh, the amount of inflation they're experiencing on an ongoing basis. Like it doesn't matter. People are like, oh, well, gas is, is $3 and, and five years ago it was blah, blah. It's like, well, think about how much less. Isn't the dollar falling like 7% year over year? That's yeah, outrageous. Well, Exactly. It depends how you measure it. And the other thing is, you know, maybe you think oh, I'm a big brained person. I can beat inflation by investing in Bitcoin or gold or whatever you think it is. Yeah. Uh, your investment that's going to protect you from inflation. But you're screwed there, too, because even if <laughs> even if your investment in gold, let's say, you know, perfectly keeps up with inflation. The problem is <laughs> the government whips out their capital gains tax. Yeah, so exactly. Even if, even if the value of your gold investment or your Bitcoin investment, like I say, whatever, even if it perfectly keeps up with inflation, the government's going to take your nominal profits. And so now you yeah. are behind inflation anyways, that's, even that's though you did your best to protect yourself. This yeah. wealth tax stuff, in addition to being immoral, in my opinion, just doesn't make any sense. Let's say you owned $4 million worth of real estate. What am I supposed to do to pay a tax to the federal government on the value of that real estate if I have two grand in my bank account? Exactly. Am I supposed to sell my house or liquidate it somehow to give the feds uh, their cut? How, or what do I do? Do I get, do I let the IRS uh, have a room in my home? Like what? What am I? How are you supposed to pay a wealth tax on non-liquid assets like that? It doesn't even make sense. Absolutely, that's one of the big problems with uh, any sort of wealth tax. All right. Well, that's pretty much uh, the one and a half topics I wanted to bring. So, well, thank you, man, for taking my call, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Later. Okay. So uh, yeah. Well, yeah. 
Yeah. And, and that's the, that's a lot of the struggle that I'm going through right now is like, where, where can you put what you have that might be safe from a lot of the, uh, perverse yeah. forces of government there really is nothing <laughs> and that's nothing, one of the things yeah. that's one of the things that sent bitcoin and crypto in general crashing the other day is that the feds were saying that they tracked the hackers bitcoin ransom from that everybody was, was like oh shit i know it's like you're telling me they can just get in here and take that shit anytime they want yeah so everyone's selling their bitcoin and it's like well, first of all, diamond hands you should stay committed to diamond hands but but even if you want to sell to me it's like what would I sell this for? The dollar? As though they're yeah. not going to take my dollar? As I think that whole deep... thing was a hoax. So Maybe. I, I did not sell my Bitcoin. Although I'm never going to sell my Bitcoin. Who am I joking? I, I'm not trading anything for dollars. I'll trade dollars for almost anything else at this point. But even even real estate, it's like, it's so volatile. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Guns. I mean, that's the only thing I can Guns and ammo. That's my yeah. investment strategy. <laughs> All right. Uh, El Vaquero is up next. Mr. Vaquero, you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing tonight? We are well. What's on your mind? Well, so I was going to say, did you want to talk COVID origins or did you want to talk uh, more like gardening in the framework of like a prep? I, I know that you've been looking at COVID origin stuff a lot, and that is very intriguing to me. But uh, what do you think, Blonde? I'm fine with that. Okay. <laughs> you could have said it with some more conviction. I'm sorry. It's I'm having a rough day. All right. <laughs> what have What have you uh, learned? I know you've been doing some deep digging. Well, one of the things that struck me is there was a a 2017 paper that came out of um, the uh, Wuhan Institute of Virology that was definitely partially funded by Dr. Fauci's uh, NIAID. Mm -hmm. But when I went and looked at the other sources of funding, there was a bunch of CHICOM crap, like some hundred talents program and their National Academy of Science. But I also noticed an interesting one, which was USAID. And <clears throat> it's been a while since I've dug into USAID. They're a, a government NGO that, like when the whole Euromaidan was going on, in Ukraine back in 2014, they were making propaganda videos about, you know, how, oh, I'm an, a Ukrainian, and they were pointing that propaganda back at us. And people went through and dug up and found massive ties to the State Department. And also the CIA was heavily involved in that Euromaidan. So it's getting kind of spooky. Like, mm. why is USA funding a Chinese lab to do gain-of-function research? Yeah, why? <laughs> It's it's really weird. So from now on, I'm going to go look at all the funding statements when I come across a, a paper because it's it's like there's a I think you can learn a lot from that. Yeah, I might I, I correct. You could probably tell me that there are only a handful of labs in the entire world doing the sort of research that the the Wuhan uh, virology lab is doing. Is that accurate in terms of gain of function research? Uh, human transmit uh, transmission of animal viruses to humans, that sort of stuff. It was like a ha like a half dozen of these in the entire globe, and we're we're funding one of them in particular. Why? Yeah, I I don't know what the number of them is, but I know it's not huge. Okay. Like I I think I can tell you at this point how the virus was made. Um, if you're interested? Yeah, absolutely. Although again, Susan, uh, hypothetical fan fiction. You know. Yeah, fan fiction. Yeah. Yeah, fan fiction. Um, so 
they were using a, a technology called an infectious clone technology. And with that technology, you can introduce a mutation anywhere in the genome that you want. And in fact, you can reproduce a virus in the lab just from a sequence. So it, w without leaving like human markers. So just, I think what they did is they used that technology and they took a backbone of some bat coronavirus and they took, it's called the receptor binding domain. It's where the business happens for it, it getting into your cells. Okay. I think they took one of those from a pangolin coronavirus, stitched it on, and in between where they stitched stitched it on, you may have heard the term polybasic furin cleavage site. Um, that's, that's a new one to me, but... <laughs> okay, so that, that's what makes it highly, highly infectious. So okay, to, and that was a choice. That was a deliberate choice, you think? Yeah, because it's not... in. So the my understanding is the closest coronavirus that has one of those is shares 40% of the genome. So it's very distantly related. It's okay. just this little island sitting out there and that has been used in gain of function research. Mm. Cause when that gets cleaved after it's the, it's plugged into the receptor, that uh, is, is the, that opens up the mechanism for which it, it's uh, envelope basically fuses with the cell wall and that injects the, uh, the genetic package into the cell so it can start reproducing. So I think they put this chimera together and then they went uh, first in culture, like in Petri dishes and ran it through cell lines that had a bunch of the human style ACE2 receptors over and over and over forcing evolution to happen to make it more and more and more infectious. And then mm -hmm. I think they moved on to humanized mice, which so humanized mice, they go into the, the mouse's genome and they slice out the the part of the gene that expresses the mouse ACE2 receptor and they insert a human. The, oh my the human God, gene. what a bunch of psychos. Yeah, so we're talking, we're like a hair away from sewing human body parts onto rats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and, and it's, <laughs> if, if they run it through like that over and over, the most infectious ones are basically the ones that reproduce. And so I, I think that's how they did it. They they did one, I oh God, I want to say it's an H5N1 <sighs> flu that caused the morum uh, on gain-of-function gain, gain of function funding. And we're just supposed to believe, again, if they were doing this, we're just supposed <laughs> right. to believe that they're doing this for the purpose of, well, if this happened in nature, we'd be able to stop it based on our yeah, knowledge why? from this hypothetical that we built. I, that just seems far out so to me That's, that seems preposterous where how can they can't even get ahead of the flu every year it seems more plausible to me i know that that this itself is kind of far out but it just seems more plausible that if you're making it highly transmissible to humans you're doing that for a, a more direct purpose than hypothetical future planning like creating a bioweapon so you can control the population by sure. making them cover their faces and get vaccinated with something that kills you yeah yeah sure but i mean it's yeah, yeah so so you have a lab that was taking coronaviruses, making chimeras with them, inserting stuff that doesn't belong in there, and then making them highly, highly infectious, and they plug into human ACE2 receptors tighter than any other animal's ACE2 receptor. And then you get an outbreak just a, just a few hundred yards, not like same city, a few hundred yards away from this lab. Yeah. And it's a coronavirus that... Its envelope looks much more similar to a bat coronavirus. Its receptor binding domain looks like a pangolin coronavirus. It's got some shit inserted, and it binds to human ACE2 receptors tighter than any other animal. I mean, what am I supposed to think here? 
Well, and if they were working on this, planning to be able to stop it in the future, uh, not a great job stopping the one that they actually designed itself. Although I guess, you know, if we're to believe the story, the vaccines were extremely effective a year later, but. Yeah, well, I'll get out of your hair here, but before I do, I actually do think that when it first hit the Chinese population, it had a 3 to 5% infection fatality rate, Mm. because that's what all the planning we're going through right now seems to be more consistent with. So you think it was uh, potentially designed to be more deadly? Right, but a man-made virus is going to be far less stable than a natural one. There's going to be significant evolutionary pressure for it to become less dangerous really quickly okay on top of that the piece of shit was made in china it broke down so with that i'll catch you later those are good points all right thank you man appreciate the uh, insight man he went deep yeah he's been emailing me here and there about what he finds and he's been looking at a lot of this stuff and of course it's something that is very interesting to me because whatever happened here biologically it remains uh potentially the the greatest political con uh, con of our lifetime i think so i want to know how the hell this happened so that we don't make the same political mistakes in addition to understanding the biological reality of it anyway all right we'll take a last call from for the republic mr republic you there yeah hey guys how's it going doing all right what's on your mind uh, so want to talk about an often uh, overlooked part of the body. Okay. Well, I'm sure you're aware that uh, the other week AOC had said stuff that she was you know, now in therapy following the traumatizing events on January 6th. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we actually know that in actuality she was in you know, basically zero danger. Um, but because of that and due to the state of our society and with the prevalence of trigger warnings and general lack of mental fortitude, I want to talk a little bit about the amygdala. Okay. So the amygdala is a part of our brain and I'm, I'm going to have to be pretty broad and generic here since, you know, not neurosurgeon, but yeah, uh, sure. it's the part of our brain where emotions and stimuli are given meaning and where those associations and appropriate responses to those stimuli are remembered for future situations. So okay. it's, it's also known as the fear center of our brain. Okay. And it's, it's through it where we learn what actual threats are to us. It activates our fight or flight responses, deciding mm. if our body flooded with the cortisol and adrenaline. So for instance, if you've ever been walking alone late at night and all of a sudden you just get this feeling like you're being watched, or the hairs in the back of your neck are standing up and you just get that feeling something's wrong, but you just can't put your finger on what it is. That's your amygdala at work. Okay. Processed something and it's creating that response. And so a person's amygdala is constantly being recalibrated to recognize threats or to ignore non-threats. And while some responses are literally ingrained in us uh, to be a threat, like, you know, a strange sound in the middle of the night, yeah. Snapping in the forest when we're alone, uh, the smell of smoke are some examples. Uh, most of what the amygdala perceives as a threat is experience-based. You know, the sound of a gun being racked, a gunshot, the, the growl of certain animals, uh, the screeching of metal, you know, resulting car crash, being in confined space, high off the ground, uh, certain social situations, uh, even being criticized or... Uh, you know, things that cause anxiety, um, taking tests, etc. So I bring all this up because in many aspects, we've created a society that is so peaceful 
that people's amygdalas are mm. uncalibrated and are misfiring over non-threats. Because so physical or environmental threats are so limited that our amygdalas are becoming hypersensitive to emotional perceived threats. Interesting. Ah. Yeah, it's kind of an evolutionary so, explanation for it. We just don't have enough um, enough uh, cougars jumping out of the woods to eat us or exactly. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and so if we as a society continue to continue to uh, coddle people and limit their exposure to new situations, they'll never learn what an actual real threat is, and more yeah. importantly, how to physically or emotionally handle those situations. Yeah. So people will continue to uh, over overreact, or they'll get triggered by trivial matters, and they'll end up with panic attacks, mental breakdowns, etc. And you know, this is the part of the reason why some people. Uh, you know, aside from those who virtue signal or trying to make a quick buck, uh, they they see something that even remotely looks like a noose, and they immediately <laughs> yeah. freak out. Yeah. Or yeah, why I, uh, someone? These stories oh, need sorry, to go, go away. I can't believe how many there are of them. Because I'm bored of them, but I feel an obligation to run the bit into the ground. If there's a oh, news yeah. story, I'm going to cover it. Yeah. 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 But for some people, they've conditioned their minds to literally view that anything that remotely looks like a noose it's triggering that fight or flight response in their bodies and they're literally freaking out over it yeah because they've conditioned themselves to see that as an actual and um and because society and the media has reinforced that in their minds that that perception their amygdala then takes that uh, perception as gospel and it just doubles down on it continually and every time you don't address that and go oh no that's just a rope yeah. because people tie those all the time that there's no meaning behind that. Yeah. If you don't actually, you know, confront that your amygdala keeps doubling down on it as that is a threat. Huh? So you can kind of, um, <clears throat> would it be fair to say you can kind of like, <clears throat> uh, consciously control your amygdala in that way. You can almost reprogram your own by telling yourself it's a threat or rationalizing uh, it or something like that. Slowly, but surely. I mean, it's the same situation mm. where like, uh, I mean, you, you have soldiers coming back with, you know, uh, potential PTSD over things because they, they see something on the road that their mind has been trained to go like, hey, that might be an IED. And then they, yeah, just, sure. know, they have a PTSD episode and all that kind of stuff. There are, you know, there are therapy ways of, you know, addressing that and recalibrating their, uh, their, that visceral response. And so I won't say it's something you can completely consciously do, but it is something that we can take an effort yeah, to sure. actually address and move forward and go, okay, well, you know, hey, I, you know, for some reason, the nails on chalkboard or something, you know, it just, it gets to you. Well, if you keep exposing yourself slightly to it, you kind of build up a tolerance to it and yeah, because yeah. your mind is going, hey, you know, right. well, hey, that didn't, that didn't kill me. So it's, guess it's not that big a deal. Yeah. And so it's yeah i really think it's just a a huge issue with our society huh i, that, I hadn't uh, um yeah i hadn't thought of that but that makes a lot of sense so yeah um, i mean there's we, there's an important lesson to be learned with the old adage of you know suck it up and deal with it or you know oh, yeah. to, to literally to conquer your fears yeah. yeah because in a normal situation that is too much for us where we become overwhelmed by something or we experience something unpleasant if we don't properly process that situation and realize that it wasn't that big a deal it's and that it's not in fact the end of the world if we don't do that 
then our you know our, our mind looks at that situation and goes well this was too much for us last time we couldn't handle it yeah. so this is clearly a threat yeah and when those non-threats are continually faced or not faced and they're not overcome is when that perception is then just becomes reality right yeah well thank you for the thoughts man I appreciate the insight yeah it's just uh like I said, it's a problem with the society, and I think it's uh, going to keep getting worse and worse as things go. Yeah. Let's figure out how to toughen up the next generation, get those amygdalas uh, engaged and calibrated well. All right. Thank you, man. Have a good night. Yep. You too. Bye. Okay. My uh, my stream connection is looking like Christmas lights right now, flashing between oh, no. red, yellow, green. So I, if you're watching the stream, it might be going a little silly right now. Thanks for bearing with us. I'll see what the issue is this time, and hopefully we'll have it uh, corrected for Sunday. But uh, just like last time, I expect that the audio is at least probably feeding fine. So let's just run the questions as normal, and uh, I'll okay. see if I can diagnose the problem <laughs> later. And uh, as always, thank you for patience from the live audience. Sorry about that. Um, do you have dangerous spaces up? Oh, yeah. Uh Yes, it it is time for, uh, of course, email questions. And thank you to the callers tonight, of course. And um, as I mentioned, if you want to submit an email question, the place to do that is on the contact page of my website, mattchristiansonmedia.com slash contact. And if you'd like to submit a pre-recorded audio question, you can upload it unlisted to YouTube. You can send us the link through that form and we'll play it and respond to it. And our uh, friendly call screener, Dangerous Spaces, uh, did that this week. So let's listen to what he had to say. G'day guys, awesome show this week, I assume, I don't know, wasn't listening. Anyway, given that you often get so many serious political questions or serious life questions, I figured I'd do a more light-hearted one this week. So, with Blonde's baby turning one in July, I think it is, and Matt with his baby due in September, I was just curious if you guys have anything you think you're going to pass down to your child or children. And I mean anything, like, you know, particular music uh, movies maybe that's more for matt obviously uh life advice you've been given family traditions family heirlooms maybe something i've not even thought about i was just curious if there's anything you think you're going to pass down anyway hope you guys are doing well and um yeah talk to you next week okay i haven't put a lot of thought to that have you well i guess you're you're already in the process of it so yeah um we have a lot of antiques that have been in my husband's family for a long time so we're gonna pass that those down of course um but the real thing that i'm gonna get her to do (laughs) i hope she doesn't rebel is to not have a career career. (laughs) it's It's gonna be the wisdom of of the importance of getting married young and having a family Hmm. um and that I hope I hope she does that of all the things I hope. she. Does. I think it'll be something like that for my son and, and God willing children after that. Uh, my family's not big on stuff, really. Mm. There are some personal items from uh, my family, some personal items of my brothers, maybe that will be important. But it's not going to be it's not going to be stuff. I'm not really concerned with or excited to pass down things. It's going to be. Right. um it's not important to me that my son or any future children agree with me or um, have the same views as I do or beliefs. But if, if I can, if I can raise children with critical minds and proper moral compasses, that will be uh, the measure of success to me. So um, I hope the thing I look forward to most with my son is 
those why questions. Like, here's something yeah. weird about the world. Why is that that way? Well, come over here, son. We'll crack a beer and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll explain the way the world works according to um, well, according to me, which I only have a sense of a small percentage of it. But but that's what I look forward to most is the conversation stuff. Not you know here's a here's a trinket or something like that. But um, but yeah, I haven't put a lot of. It's a long time till I'm having conversations with the kid anyway, so I have some time. No, to think no, about no. That. it happens faster than you think. Yeah. Uh, thank you, man. And again, if you want to send a, an audio question like that, you can just pre-record, upload, unlisted to YouTube and send the link our way through the contact form. Emperor Care Bear says, hey, guys, in case oh, I don't get in the, the college show. Oh, this yes. is the one that we heard earlier. All right, let's get that. Um, big man. In response to the guy who only wanted local voting, what if we change it to only local taxes the municipality you live in? Could choose to tax however they wanted, but both the state and federal government had to propose budgets and receive voluntary funding from the local municipalities. Deficit spending would have to be made illegal on those levels. Thoughts. Let me process this. Wait, so the state passes a budget, but it only comes through local taxation. Well, I don't want the federal government passing my local budget. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. I think what he's saying is the federal government only receives money through your municipality i'm not sure i fully understand the concept receive voluntary funding from the local municipalities so they would the the local municipalities would be able to opt into the yeah i suppose i mean but that's if you fully opt in then do you have some kind of free rider issue there which isn't really an issue but let's say like does everybody get is the federal government going to pass spending that kind of builds infrastructure or whatever else across the country? And if so, what if, say, my state of Montana just decides we don't like this deal, we're not going to pay any of the taxes to you? Does that mean we receive zero money also, which is probably a deal I would still take? But that's uh, – I, I guess I, I need a little more explanation on the concept here. I'm not sure yeah. I fully understand. Um, anything that is voluntary, especially in our relationship with – the federal government, I think, is key. So I'm definitely listening. Um, but I, I, as a matter of principle or as a general rule, I would like to remove uh, as much taxation power from the federal government as possible. Start with start with income tax. Get rid of that. And we should have a federal government that should be funding itself uh, like it did back in the day, which uh, was largely through tariffs and other mechanisms. And I understand that tariffs are, at, in the end, a tax on the consumer as well. But the point is I can at least choose to consume those taxed goods or not, rather than right. just stealing from my wallet based on my income. So if if you didn't, uh, big man, if you don't think we got to your question enough, send us uh, another uh, or maybe a little more detail on it and we'll we'll catch up with it next time. Thank you, man. Uh, Nicolia Kraft says with the current state of today's internet being so ideologically regulated, making it feel like we are all in intellectual ghettos allowed only to put ideas into the communities that have already, that already believe in them. Matt, do you have any ideas or plans on how to bring your ideas to a broader population and how to do it without necessarily becoming a subverted, becoming subverted or acting unprincipledly? That's a good word. Blonde is the only option some totally defensive action against the powers that be as in big tech and the social engineers or building small interwoven communities. Thanks um, for the show. Uh, you guys do amazing work. Well, thank you for the kind words. I mean, can't we do yeah, I mean, it's it's important to me to be visible or or to be heard by people who might not agree with me, but are potentially available. And that's one reason I don't jump ship on places like YouTube 
for one, I want the satisfaction of actually being banned. But for two, I, I, I know that increasingly we're kind of uh, separating into camps here and people who are available to be persuaded are maybe less common than they used to be. But they're still out there and there's still a very high value. And, and I have conversations with people by email all the time who are saying, hey, you know, I, I hadn't thought of something in this way. Um, I used to think this and then you or somebody else presented it to me in this way. And now I'm, I'm changing my mind on that. They are out there. And so do I have a plan that's beyond a presence on quote unquote leftist platforms? Not necessarily. I just, other than I'll be there until they tell me that I can't, you know, I don't have the capability to build my yeah. own place and I don't, I can't barge my way into leftist platforms and say, you will host me. So I just, I just set up shop wherever I can set up shop and hope that someone will listen. That's my strategy. That's true. And in terms of um, big tech and community building, those aren't mutually exclusive. We had a call like this a few weeks ago. It's like, should we infiltrate or community build? It's like, yeah, both, both. Um, Thank you for that. Uh, Henry says, Hey, Mountain Blonde, in honor of Pride Month, what do you think of the claim that being opposed to same-sex marriage is like being opposed to interracial marriage? Huh. You think it's a valid comparison? I personally find it hilarious since Martin Luther King, being a devout Christian, would very likely have been opposed to same-sex marriage. Obviously, it's not the same thing. You can procreate with somebody of a different race, and you cannot yeah. procreate with somebody of a, of a different sex. So, case closed. If we're going to accept the premise as a society that generally marriage is for procreative purposes, mm-hmm. which I think we should accept that as a society, then uh, that's a retarded comparison. Retarded. I, I'm in agreement. Yeah. And I think you, you hit it exactly the way that I would, uh, that I would put it, which is what is the purpose? Is it, is the purpose companionship is the purpose pleasure. Um, those might be, valuable things you find within your marriage. And I hope that you do. I hope that people do, but is that the fundamental purpose of the relationship? And I would agree that the fundamental purpose of the relationship is, um, bearing and and raising children. And, you know, I, there are outliers. That's not to say some people have fertility issues. Some people can't have kids for reasons X, Y, and Z. It doesn't mean their marriage is any less legitimate. And it certainly doesn't mean that they should be treated uh, unequally by the law. But I do agree that we need to start with that baseline premise, right. that general rule, and work from there. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think that the the comparison really holds. A bike burner—that's a good bike burner, not book burner. Bike burner sixty-nine. It's been obvious that American culture has been in decay for decades. What do you think is the what do you think caused the most damage to the moral fabric of the country, and what was the most important value lost? Um, we always talk about the nuclear family. I think that 100%. this, uh, the, the casual sex initiative may be, may be the most destructive that paired with the racial diversity initiative has been like extremely damaging, mm-hmm. extremely damaging. It cannot be overstated how valuable a mom and dad who stay together are for the child. Um, and Speaking of gifts that you intend to give to your children, uh, my commitment to my wife is the greatest gift I, I can possibly give my son because it it gives him a, a, a stable home. It gives him uh, a, a nest to branch out from, a, a, an yeah. ability to take risk. I think about – I've told this story before, but what's the reason that this channel exists or this show? Mm-hmm. The reason for me personally is that I was able to take what sounded like a moronic risk – 
five, six years ago, 2016, whenever we started doing this seriously, because I knew that if I failed, I would have to accept the uh, shame of going to live with my parents or something like that. But I could, yeah. I, I could do that. And so my parents being together and providing a stable place to fall back on meant that I could take the risks to build something that's worked out. That is the greatest gift that you can give your kids. That's the greatest, the single greatest value that any successful society has to uphold. And the second that we started thinking that it's fine to for, for parents to split up, it's fine for the state to pick up the slack, it's fine for the government to effectively become dad. Uh, that's where we really went wrong on a lot of this stuff. And that's where uh, that's talking about, yeah, the measures of success and things will pass on to our kids. Yeah, that's uh, that's it for me. Stick with. Mom and dad stick together and things tend to work out more yeah. often than not. Yeah. Uh, Lakeisha is up next. Oh, I thought I read that one. Did I not? No, it was me. It was bike burner. Oh, that's right. Um, hey there, blonde. Congratulations on Emmeline's first birthday. How did you celebrate it? Will her birthdays in future be a grand affair with lots of kids and presents or simple? Your daughter is extremely lucky to have her as their mother. Thank you so much. Um, it's actually, uh, I have a dear friend um whose birthday is june 4th and emmeline's birthday is june 5th and so uh i just do a party for both of them there and you we'll go just continue doing that every year yeah but i don't think it's going to be a grand affair i don't know i'm tired <laughs> uh brooks neal says as a conservative how you recommend how do you recommend i try to live a normal life while standing up for my beliefs if I truly hold fast to my beliefs, I can't watch movies or TV, professional sports, use streaming sites, drink Coke, and heck, even use my cell phone. At what point do you draw the line and say, this is too far, but this can be an exception? I can cancel Netflix because of cuties, but what about having an iPhone or a Galaxy phone? It feels like if I truly live by my principles that I have to do that I have to do away with virtually everything I normally do and support. This is the exact same circumstance I find myself in. Oh, yeah, like I said day. at the deodorant aisle at Target. How purist am I going to be? I feel like I if I relax too much that I that I am enabling a lot of the, the social rot that I despise. But if I yeah, but like I look at my Amazon cart or like what the orders over the last year and it's like, oh, my God. Oh my yeah. God. I mean, I, I still use all of this stuff. Um, I try to not go to companies that have really pissed me off, although I hate Amazon, but the convenience is just, I'm so guilty of all of this. I suppose you have to evaluate anytime that I have a, a choice that is of comparable convenience and price, I will opt for either the apolitical company or the company that is I don't know. I guess maybe even is overtly political, but at least is more in line with sensibility and morality and all of that stuff. Cause yeah. for every Starbucks, there's kind of a black rifle coffee. Now, you know, there's like uh leftist product and then not leftist product or pro America product or whatever, wherever there's a comparable convenient alternative, I'll generally opt for the alternative. Um, but to your point, especially in the tech world where you talk tech and entertainment, especially where you're talking about what yeah. phone I use or what I choose to watch for entertainment, be it sports or movies or TV there, there's stuff in development, but like, where, where do you go for sports? What am I supposed to do? I just have to cut it off, which I've kind of yeah. done. I consume a lot less of it, but I, I, I do enjoy watching a game or you just want to watch a movie. There's some alternatives there are some you know daily wires making movies and there's stuff like that now 
but what do you do? Do you cancel everything and you only watch a select few movies that they're able to produce? Even if they're really great, it's like, okay, I have three movies to pick from. Um, so I d- my answer, I guess, is don't don't make yourself insane. Just evaluate every choice that you have and where there are reasonable alternatives that are just as convenient, just as uh, similar cost. Try to make the best choices that you can, but enjoy life, dude. I, yeah, I never wanted this. I just I don't want to have to evaluate ev- the purity of every single product that right. I buy. I never wanted that. Now they shove it in my face every purchase that I make. Every, you go to stores. There are some stores that tell you now like woman, women owned or Latino owned. Or black owned. And it's like, well, fuck you. <laughs> what did oh, I, I buy the other day that was, uh, I bought some totally normal product that turned out it was women owned on the label. And I was like, well, I hate you now. Not I even, know. It's, it's not about women. It's just why, why do you have to shove that in my face? I get Ipsy, which you spend $12 a month and they send you like little makeup it's like a, you know, collection thing. Yeah. And in February, they sent me um, a makeup bag that had like people of all races holding hands. And inside yeah. of it was um, only black owned makeup brands. And I ended up really liking <laughs> one of the eyeshadows. And I was like, I, I'm never going to buy this. Wait, so so it was presented as like diversity, all races coming together. But then in effect, it was only only one black race. people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, incompetent hands is up next in competent hands uh you've probably been asked this before what's your police stance as matt mentioned the 10th amendment should be valued but we need to agree on core principles otherwise we're not united can i back my local pd while allowing other places to defund them Mm. do you view defunding the police as a complete rejection of rule of law or do bootlickers imposing covid edicts make you question the role of authority if the left-wing position is let them knife each other uh, where do you fall? I am a major opponent of defunding the police. I think that we should defund every urban center uh, of police officers and then uh, watch them cannibalize each other. It's, it's going to be so hilarious. Yeah. I'm never going to stop laughing. I mean, how many George Floyds are there going to be uh, if that happens? I mean, not that many because there aren't well, going to be police. Right, to they stop won't, these be, fentanyl they won't create. be strictly George <laughs> Floyds, but they will be. Uh, yeah, they'll be. Uh... Well, they will be George Floyd. Yeah, the point you're making, they'll be George Floyd's because of the fentanyl thing, not because of Derek. Schindler. Right, right. Yeah. So um, Ramsey Paul made an excellent video this week about accelerationism. And he's like, listen, all we can do here is just take a step back and then let leftist policies actually uh, destroy everything and then laugh. And I'm, I'm totally yeah, in agreement. I would Defunding say- the police is the best thing to happen to this country since women or <laughs> transgender people Prov- doing women's sports. Yeah. Provided we don't bail them out, though. And that's a big We if. can't bail them out as far as police i don't even like saying i'm pro or anti-police what i am is pro constitution or pro preservation and and protection of of your natural rights so to the extent that the police are doing their job purely which is protecting and securing your rights i'm pro police because they are doing that that job that they're supposed to be doing um, does that mean that I would take the side of every police officer all the time? No. If you're a police officer who's kicking down someone's door to go steal their guns because they said something that you don't like, well, obviously I'm not in favor of that cop. But the question here is, even if I believe that police have a purpose and should do that purpose, am I willing to let people in the next state over abdicate that duty, get rid of their police and suffer the consequences? Mostly my answer is yes. Yeah. I, I don't. In the same way, I don't want a federal government coming in and telling Montana how to live on on behalf of California and New York. 
I'm not really interested in sending the federal government into California, New York to tell them how to live on behalf of Montana either, even though I believe that Montana has it much more correct than those states do. So, yeah, I'll I'll side more with state autonomy than, say, pro-police on this in, in this issue um, if I had to choose. But as we just mentioned, that means zero bailout or assistance for these people. Exactly. You made That's your bed, thing, lay in we, it. We have to stop. We have to stop doing that. Uh, the country's done. I don't know why anybody is super interested in, in maintaining this. It's, mm. you know, can't we all just laugh at the things falling apart? <laughs> it is a good show. I, yeah, I'll grant you that. Uh, Ryan says, hey, guys, I've been listening to uh, more anti-war and anti-interventionist people and definitely like their ideas. My main point of contention is with China. Where do we draw the line when we have to intervene? Should we wait until they put boots on Alaska or California? I'm worried that by then uh, they may be too strong for us to effectively fight anything but a defensive war. Thoughts? Well, I suppose that is the by dilemma. Now, by now, we, we would already lose a ground war with China, don't you think? Uh, it, it would not be an easy war. It's not a war I would uh, want to fight. That's for sure. Hell no. By sheer volume, we'd probably be in trouble, even if we have a tech advantage or even if we have a tactical advantage, anything like that. The army's totally paused now. It's like, what What would we even do? It's going to be a bunch of chicks killing like a billion militant Chinese. Yeah. Like, absolutely not. There's no way that, that they would totally smoke us in a ground war. Well, and uh, to the point of the question, that is the great dilemma with um, anti-interventionist philosophy or just kind of, um, you know, leave me alone philosophy as it relates to international relations and our, and our place in the world. As someone who's, you know, more of a leave me alone philosophy and someone who doesn't want to be involved in all the world's conflicts. If you sit out entirely, there's an argument to be made that you allow people who would and want to destroy you to strengthen themselves and put themselves in position to come wreck you. So uh, how do you counter that? I don't know. I guess I'm more of the opinion that if we bulk up our defensive, I'm not anti-defense. Like I want the world's premier defense system. I want the world's premier military. I want the world's premier defense tech. If you beef that up and you're serious about that in some of the you know, what is actually a proper role of the federal government? I suppose you you put yourself in position to meet that threat um, once or if it arrives. Um, counter to that would be, well, what if you allow your enemy to build a threat that's so significant that you have no ability to defend against it? I don't know. I guess I just I have more faith in our ability to build our defenses at home than I do to go play world police and try to pull all the levers internationally to make our enemies weaker through a whole series of, I don't know, indirect operations. It's just, I just, I'm not convinced that our, our approach of the last X amount of decades where we start meddling in every little part of the world to try to make ourselves safer actually does make us safer. Look, look at the power of China right now, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah. We haven't necessarily stopped that, but maybe the argument is we haven't intervened with China that much. In fact, we've had, we normalized trade relations with China and we, we actually kind of made them more of a global power by doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not answering the question clearly. That's because uh, I can see some arguments on both sides. Do you have some thoughts on this? I mean, I wouldn't intervene until we were invaded in the United States. I mean, what does invasion mean? Like uh, physical, uh, actual troops or. Well, there's some cyber stuff I would probably count. Hmm. 
That's tough. Yeah. Uh, it would have to ki- – some people would have to be killed. Like Americans would have to die. That's your standard. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least it's a it's a it's a clean standard. I don't know though. What if like what if the Chinese? To your point, what if they're doing a bunch of cyber ops and they're which they already are? They're already stealing our intellectual property. They're already doing a whole bunch of crimes against Americans that aren't necessarily lethal, unless you count coronavirus, sort of. <laughs> uh, but the point is, there's like a lot. There are a lot of crimes that can be serious that must be brought to justice that aren't necessarily deadly. Yeah, but I don't know that we should meet those kinds of crimes with fatal force. Hmm. We should, you know, trade sanctions and counter hack and steal their Bitcoin. Yeah, like we did yeah. to those ransom people. We can't steal their. Oh, shit. I just lost blonde now. Oh, there we go. I had another connection dip. God, man. OK, let's uh, let's keep it moving here because I don't know how long my Internet's going to last or what the hell's going on. Okay. I think you're next. Uh, Mick, let's see. Oh, yeah. McMonahan says, what vital changes would you make to public education? Is it possible to prepare a student for the real world by 18 years old? Oh, God. Um, You know, I never had any classes about functionally managing money. Yeah, I I had one exercise in a home ec class that was like write a check and balance a checkbook. And that was it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was able to do it because I'm not a retard, but like they should teach you practical skills like that. Mm hmm. Uh, what changes would I make in general? Remove the feds entirely. This is yeah. uh, a state's Public issue. Public education, law. And, and maybe that's, you could go that far too. Public education, delete key. I mean, you you, you could make that argument. Yeah. You don't even want any public involvement. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, I want it much more localized, uh, whether that's the state level or whether that's, uh, you know, city, town, county type stuff. Um, and possibly even privatized. But if I was designing a school curriculum, uh, myself, it would be, it wouldn't be exclusively hands-on because I think there's a lot of, we do need to, we need, we do need to cultivate critical thinkers and people who are able to process problems philosophically, but we also need people who can fix shit. We also need people who can look at a physical problem and think, how do I solve this? And that's one thing that I was underwhelmed with in my own education as I'm older now. And I, I have a family to provide for and all that. It's like, I need to know more about how to fix stuff around the house and those are skills I just don't have. Yeah. I, sh- I should have had those developed earlier in my life, but I, I would have more hands-on stuff. We've done away with with shop class and and all that kind of stuff. We've and your your point on finances is well taken too. I nobody ever taught me any of that stuff. I didn't. I've had to learn all this stuff later in my life. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. This is Michael Schlecht. Why do you think people are acting so surprised? The left. Most states that the left, most states are ignoring the science when it comes to mask mandates. I don't think that people are legitimately surprised by this. If you're still legitimately surprised by the actions of the left at this point, then then you're not paying attention or you're just trying to make a career out of this. Like, this is why I can't get on board with your Charlie Kirks and stuff like that, because they're always like, how do we defeat the left? You you don't defeat the left. You, you let them uh, take over the country and destroy themselves while we focus on self-betterment and community building, like the, this whole thing of like, oh, I'm so shocked the leftists did blah fucking blah. Are you still surprised at this point that they would do anything under the sun? When was the last time they did something that surprised you? Depends on your definition of surprise, I suppose. Uh, the, that you thought was particularly malicious. It's been a slow creep, you know. If you would have presented me with Cap- all this, 
let's say you showed me 2015, 2016, how far a lot of this transgender ideology has gone and how far a lot of this anti-police stuff has gone and how bad the violence in, in uh, city centers has become. Yeah, I would have been pretty surprised, but because you kind of see it incrementally, I suppose the, uh, the shock value is a little bit minimized, Yeah. but this country has radically transformed in a lot of ways in under 10 years time. And if right. you compress that into just a, uh, a few stills, you would probably notice it. Um, am I surprised or why do you think people are acting so surprised that the left most states are ignoring the science? Uh, maybe they still believe that um, the science was actually anything but a stand in for the state. Trust the science always meant trust the state yeah. to the point that Anthony Fauci is now doing interviews. He, he teased this a little bit last week, but I saw him with um, Chuck Todd just saying straight up criticism of me is criticism of the science. I am the science is okay. effectively what, what Dr. Fauci is saying. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know why people are acting so surprised, but, uh, but I suppose they are. Um, thank you, Michael. Our volt says, uh, Referencing spanking, Stefan Molyneux opposes spanking because of the effect the hormone cortisol has on the brain. However, cortisol is released when we are in danger, as in when we see a snake, uh, burn our hand, etc. Shouldn't we use this natural hormone to teach our children of dangerous actions? Um, I don't know that that is his sole reason. I don't want to put words in Stefan Molyneux's mouth, but I don't think his sole reason is that it increases cortisol. I think that that's um, part of his supporting evidence. But it is damaging to the parental bond with the child. And it's not its not the best way to parent. And the wealth of evidence shows that spanking and physical abuse doesn't really deter, uh, you know, a lot of um, misbehavior in children. As far as the the idea here, I, and again, I'm I'm not saying this to take a shot at Stefan Molyneux. I don't know what he said, so I'm just going to grant that this is uh, an accurate position of his. But let's let's take on the position, and it really doesn't have much to do with the person. The premise that if a punishment produces a negative effect, it's bad. Uh, I, I can't get on board with that premise. Every punishment is designed to and must produce a negative effect such that it deters the negative behavior of the child. And we can debate um, what negative effects are appropriate for what uh, transgressions. But I wouldn't, as a matter of principle, I wouldn't be willing to say if punishment produces negative effect for child, it's wrong. That's the nature of punishment. The question is, does the punishment fit the crime? That would be my response, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but what about long-term outcomes? That's really the, the goal in terms of all aspects of parenting. What is going to be the long-term aspect of the child? I don't think that there is any worse long-term outcome than an undisciplined kid. A, a, dis, a kid who's going to walk out into the world with expectations that he can do whatever he wants and get away with it. Cause that is a kid who's going to get punched in the face by the world. Very yeah, harshly. I agree with you, but, but that's also accepting the premise that, um, like physical negative reinforcement is the best basis upon which uh, to deter that behavior. I'm not saying best, but I'm saying there that there have to be tools available. And I will not raise an undisciplined son who uh, thinks he can do whatever he wants and get away with it, because that's a son who will go out and abuse the world. And I will not, I will not have anything to do with that. Yeah, but it's Obviously, possible that he just respects you. Oh, totally. And that's the that's the hope. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is not 
as we've talked about many times with this, it is not my hope that I'm going to have some immediate physical discipline relationship with my son, but just um, going into the fatherhood role, I'll, I'll be damned if he goes out there and thinks he can just shit on the world and have no consequences because that's not the way the world works. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'll be damned if he doesn't respect me and respect his mother too. <laughs> but, but he's, uh, we know there's a good little snow ape in that oven. All right. He's going to be very polite. I'm you don't sure know he that. Is. He's kicking hard though. He's got no respect for his mother already. He just kicks <laughs> her in the ribs all day. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Anglosaurus Rex. Uh, do either of you have a private pilot's license? Do you think that I have a pilot's license? <laughs> no. I've seen wh- every episode of I Shouldn't Live. <sighs> Never Sorry, you just, you'll, you had a, I'm sure you had a good line there, but my internet dipped. You've seen every episode of. I shouldn't be alive. And I will never get in a small plane ever under any circumstances. A, a lot of episodes about aviation. So uh, small huh. planes are very dangerous. Okay. They're very, very dangerous. I will never fucking get anyone. Never, never going to happen. If you do, do you have any advice for someone who wants to get one? No. If you don't, is that something you might be interested in getting? No. I personally <laughs> am considering getting one right now to learn a new skill. And so I'm not as dependent on commercial air travel. Why would you do that? Just like. Uh, learn how to be a chef or take up the oboe or something. Don't get a fucking pilot's license. What's your jam, dude? Especially if you have kids. I think it'd be, I could see the appeal. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd probably be practical too. Um, I've never put any thought to it. I've never had a serious ambition to be a pilot, so I wouldn't be able to advise on that. Um, but, uh, I, I, I guess I don't, I don't have the same fear level. I think it'd be something that'd be cool if you're, if you, think it's right for you it doesn't terrify me in that way someone's got to someone's got to be a pilot we need pilots just not chick pilots obviously yeah i know i'm not <laughs> gonna get your small plane <laughs> all right well whiskey noodle last question of the night says how could the country have a peaceful divorce when the biggest problem with democrats is that they don't re- <laughs> respect a state's individual rights could we really expect them to be okay with red states and blue states governing themselves when that's the system we have now and they don't accept it well that's the system we should have now but i take your point yeah um theoretically we have some system of state autonomy at least as the system is designed but yeah i mean to your point we've talked about this several times if you successfully partitioned off the country and built a wall. If you built a Berlin wall between, uh, you know, old America and communist America, do you think that they would leave us alone in old America to live the life that we choose? Even if we were sovereign countries? No, they would, they'd exercise means of control in some other way, whether that would be traditional military, which I doubt, but more realistically the way that they do it now by wielding levers of power and control in um, centers of cultural power, centers of financial power, things where they don't actually have to fight you physically, but they can, they can exert very real force over your life. So uh, yeah, the, the, the obvious, the best solution is if we could all agree just to leave each other alone they don't accept that premise. They will never leave you alone to be racist yeah. in your own home. Yeah. So yeah, if they, if they intend on bringing the fight, then the question is, how do you respond? And that's what we've been talking about for a while now. That is the million dollar question. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Let me reload this. All right. 
catch up with chat and we'll call it a night. Let me see what's going on. Um, we're good on uh, Giggling Spy over on DLive. Thank you for supporting the show. Slopper over on Trovo. Judge Dredd, I am the law. Dr. Fauci, I am the science. Yeah. I saw um, Dave Rubin was talking about that quote on Twitter today. And it was very, it was much like Palpatine in Star Wars. Like, I am the Senate. You know, Dr. Fauci is yeah. reaching Palpatine levels at this point. Uh, yeah. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for supporting the show. Eric Burns March. Uh, I thank the founding fathers for pledging their lives, their fortune, and their sacred honor so that we could have a day off. The cackling camel tome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that coming up? By the way, have you followed... Um, I assume it's a 4th of July reference. Are we talking? Yeah. But anyway, I'm thinking of Kamala. Have you seen some of her immigration speech stuff? Oh, the last yeah. couple of days. Yeah. It's hilarious, but also frightening. I just, I, I loved her getting up on the stage in Guatemala and saying, if you want to make the journey to the United States, don't come. Uh, wow. What a racist, what a slap in the face to the statue of Liberty. What a racist <laughs> speech she gave. These people, they have all these grandiose things to say when they're not in power and they get in power and all of a sudden it's like, well, uh, you know, yeah, it's a little more complicated than the shit I was saying back when I had no control over any of this. Yeah. And when I was interested in uh, getting elected. Yeah. Um, Steven Suarez, if Andy is ended by Antifa and the media defend Antifa, they deserve a fate from the darkest parts of my mind. It's dark. (laughs) Does anyone doubt that they would, though? Do you think all of a sudden they would have a moral realization and say my god and it's it's their, their loyalty is to that idea is to that ideology over the protection of their own profession they i, I suppose one of, we've talked about this before too i think one of the things that the founders didn't necessarily see clearly maybe they did but when you think about the organization of this country there's not a lot of institutional loyalty that it's, it's party and ideology that became so much stronger. So you have Congress willing to sign away its own powers to the presidency. So long as the, the majority in Congress likes the president, for example, yeah. or you have journalists who are in this hypothetical willing to watch one of them be killed by the mob for doing his job on the basis that they don't like his viewpoint. So it's not about defense of journalism as an institution. It's just about defense of the ideology mm-hmm. in the same way. Congress doesn't stick up for its own powers because they like the ideological outcome it produces. Yeah. Uh, sad state of affairs. Ken Lipson said, just watch fight club again. Is it a Marxist socialist movie or a libertarian hmm. idea? I think it's, it's anarchist. I haven't seen it. Um, must see to add to list the shining the original yes the jerk that's also good fast times at ridgemont high yeah uh so you can (laughs) slow-mo the slow-mo phoebe cat's pool scene uh i doubt skag has done that but you do see some rockin' boobs well i'm in then i guess you sold uh the shining i think was filmed at timberline lodge in oregon it was timberline lodge is awesome so i'd probably enjoy watching that uh, AK 47, your face blonde. If you want to have someone on to interview, you can see about getting James also up. He's been with the TRS guys for a bit now. A lot of what I know I learned from them, including deep dives on the founding fathers. I do like James. I, I will invite him. Hmm. Steven Suarez, blonde sneeze tonight and last Sunday and nobody told her bless you. Well, bless you blonde a thousand times for everybody. <laughs> nobody, every time nobody says it. Thank you, Steven. You're so sweet. <laughs> Thanks, Steven. JT Goldfish. 
We need to make a law that lets undocumented people get a job and rights to sue. However, minimum wage, no matter what, must be 100% higher than documented. Yeah, you, you really have to pick one in that case. There was a time that Bernie Sanders was anti-illegal immigration for that reason. Because if you yeah. really want to be pro-working wages, you can't just flood the country with with uh, low-skill workers diluting uh, the you know the the, the uh, bargaining power that that American workers have, but also with the ability to work under the table um, at wages that are technically illegal. You you have to pick one. Do you support the American worker or do you not? Yeah. Um, Trent W just popped in to ask you to address the Fairfax County teacher who addressed the board on Sunday in advance. I don't think Fauci <laughs> killed himself. I'm unfamiliar with this. Uh, I can Google. I, I don't know the story off the top of my head. Let me see if I can find something on it. Oh, there's a, it was some teacher spoke at a board meeting, but I don't know what she said. She's, uh, I see some headlines. Oh, it's about critical race theory. She said that her colleagues are afraid to oppose critical race theory as it's uh, being presented in that school district, I assume. Mm. Okay. Um, John long dog John says also COVID is not very good at infecting the bats, uh, and supposedly spawned it a natural occurring animal virus that spills over to humans usually does like swine and bird flus. Hmm. Yeah. I, I guess I hadn't thought I hadn't heard of that or thought of that is, is <laughs> are the bats in the caves of China really having a bad time with this coronavirus? Yeah. Apparently not. Um, Mason. Linux. Hey, Matt, I just want to say I love the movie reviews. I want your review, not someone agreeing with my nostalgia. Really appreciate you sticking hmm. with your principles. Lon, I appreciate you too. I appreciate you as well. Well, thank you, man. Um, um, that's very kind of you. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, try, <laughs> I, I really, it, when I, when I realize I don't like a movie, it's kind of like a mini crisis in my head. Cause I'm like, Oh shit. I know yeah. everyone loves this movie and I don't. So what do I do? Do I like softball it? Do I really, with Tremors, I was like, no, I fucking hate this. I'm going there. <laughs> um, Groundhog Day was Groundhog Day in ways was kind of the worst because it's fun to hate. Not the worst in that it was the worst movie because, again, it has redeeming qualities about it. But what I mean is a movie that you're lukewarm about, you don't get the fun of hating it or loving it. I guess. It. Yeah. I do, I do like a good hate watch. I will. Yeah. For that, everybody should watch this movie, High Life. It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Hmm. Um, let's see. Uh... Aleda says, Matt, what about federal intervention when it comes to illegals? We can't just leave California alone when they are importing yeah. illegals to, to inflate their representation and drag us all further sure. leftward. That's a good point. Well, immigration by its nature is a federal issue. It, it has to be. It has to be. So I'm not saying that the federal government has no legitimate purpose. It does. I think that defense of our borders is one of them. Uh, defense of the country in the form of military is. Settling disputes between the states is a role of the federal government. But outside of that, not much. That said, where it has a legitimate role in that way, I want the federal government uh, capable of fulfilling its its job. So, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, obviously, immigration would be one of those things. Uh, Chris says, Emmeline and I have the same birthday. Blonde rocking that Kappa jacket. Yep. Brings <laughs> back memories of 2001. Everyone needs to watch on YouTube. Yuri Bezmanov. Bezmanov, a KGB agent who in 1984 explains current events. I think at this point, everybody, I hope everybody has seen that. I've seen the classic clip of his, but is there more? That's the one. Hmm. Uh, thank you for Happy that, Chris. Birthday, Happy birthday, by the way. 
Barry Dvorak says, the devil whispered in my ear, you're not strong enough to withstand the science. I whispered back, I am the science. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's Fauci at this point. I think we're good over here. Okay, uh, let me check up on Tippy Stream, and we will call it a night. William Cooper... Where's the message? It's hard to read here. Thank you, Tippy Stream, for this terrible interface. FYI, I use Sonoran Defense to engrave a bushcraft knife for my daughter's birthday and 10 out of 10. Great value and product. Highly recommended. Well, thank you for uh, for uh, heading over to our friends at Sonoran. They do awesome, uh, awesome work. And yeah, it's not just uh, it's not just guns or magazines. They'll engrave all sorts of cool stuff. And in, as I always mentioned, they engraved the very PC that this show is streamed on and made it really, yeah. uh, really cool. So thank you. And uh, happy, was it your daughter's birthday? Is that what you said? Yep, daughter's birthday. Happy birthday to your daughter as well. Okay, uh, looks like we're good on DLive. Looks like we're good on Trovo, which means that is a show. So thank you guys for uh, hanging out with us tonight. As always, again, um, my apology for the weird tech issues that were going on. We'll and, try to hammer it out. And now they won't even play my... Now it won't even play my outro music. Well... Oh, no. You know, let's see if we can... Come on. No, I guess we're probably just not going to have music tonight. That's okay. Um, all right. We will catch you guys back here on Sunday, of course, and we'll talk about whatever happens between now and then. Thanks for hanging out with us, and thanks for being patient with the tech stuff. We will see you, uh, see you then. Have a good night. Bye, guys.